1: Two rounds down and another cracker weekend of football. A couple of upsets, a few close games, and a bit of drama. Just another week in Rugby League, Boxhead. Yeah, it was another good round.
0: Mm. Uh, not many blowouts, which was which was good. Plenty to talk about, plenty of controversy, plenty of pressure going on a few sides, and uh, I think, what is it? Two undefeated teams. Mm. It's,
1: uh, it's some surprising results. Shows you how close it is. And Slaves. One of the
0: undefeated teams is the one... I picked the uh, win the wooden spoon. So. You're not
1: the only one. I picked him to get the spoon as well. So. Yeah.
0: So I got that one wrong. The Wayne factor. At the moment, we'll see how the season pans out, but early Uncle. doors looks like that was a howler from me.
1: And me. Uncle yep. Wayne. Never underestimate old uh, Clint Eastwood up there, I guess. Yep. He's done a good job, but this show is always brought to you by bluebet.com.au. If you can have a bet with anyone, do it with the True Blue Bookie. Download the app today or visit the website and the charity account. Ding, ding. Off the mark. Uh, Three-leg multi, had a couple of games there where I thought the line was pretty nice, so just pushed it a little bit further. South 10.5, Sharks 10.5, Warriors 8.5. Got over $3, so we banked $103 in the kitty to start off. So. You did. Yeah. Well, sorry, I, I have nothing to do with it. Fifth and last, whatever. <laughs> yeah. You got nothing to do with it. I do all the betting, but it's for the fifth and last, so there you go. 103 in the kitty. Thank you, bluebet.com.au. Sinclair, Hyundai, Penrith, Toby, and the team, they'll get you moving. Corner of York Road and Bat Street, Penrith. Visit that website as well, SinclairHyundai.com.au, Facebook, Instagram, and Penrose Solar. As always, Jake and the crew worked outside Jake's place today. He was going to go in and have a chat, but got a little bit distracted um, with a couple of contractors. But there is no one better. And like we said, with the cost of living going up, we talk about investments or things that give back. Solar is definitely one of those. www.penrosesolar.com.au eight hundred twenty twenty nine thirty the showroom um, is an absolute cracker if you're even thinking about investing. 138 Bat Street, Jemison Town. Penrith, set of six. Let's jump straight into it. And uh, I think the big one from the weekend that happened in the first game of the round is the incident that you'd like to think wouldn't happen, but it keeps on happening. And I unfortunately don't foresee a world where it doesn't happen again sometime in the future, just due to a multitude of factors, mainly stupidity, but alcohol People just in general uh, was the racial incident.
0: Well, it wasn't alcohol related because I know that because I was a that, it was kid. But I'm saying yeah. there's
1: all these other things where I know we'd like to think it won't happen again or it shouldn't happen again. But unfortunately, I just don't see a world where it doesn't. Which is yes, a sad thing. You
0: can't, you can't control people's behavior. No,
1: and that's the whole point when this sort of happened. But like, is it wrong? 100- it's a
0: black eye for rugby league mm, because it happened at a rugby league game.
1: But it happens everywhere every day, and it's
0: yeah, it's a horrible thing to have had happened, it's yeah, it probably even more shocking because it is a fifteen year old. Yeah, it's a tough one. I, I thought Jason Demetrio's comments on the night were spot on. Thought he spoke emotionally, which I you know, I'm not big on speaking emotionally, but when it comes to something like this I think it was a perfect time and place to show that emotion not only to the wider rugby league community but also his player. I thought it was yeah well done, well said. I think the club handled it well South it was a difficult one for Penrith because difficult one for the Roosters because it's at Penrith's ground kid in a Rooster's jersey yeah you just have to leave it with the police and you know they're talking about life bans and things like that how do you rehabilitate someone does the kid want to be rehabilitated does the kid have any remorse because he's a 15 year old you just it's a really really difficult one I think the game the way that the game is banned around Latrell Mitchell has been fantastic. Everything that's been said, I think, publicly by a multitude of people well before us has been spot on. I think it's been handled really, really well. Yeah, how, how we make this individual accountable, I think he's been made fairly accountable by well, the yeah. publicity around this. Uh, but it's also, he's, he's, he needs to understand that it's the wrong thing because, sadly, this is ingrained and it's, it's a part of, you know, how you're brought up, mm. how you're corrected, what behavior is acceptable. Uh, and I guess it goes across a whole multitude of different oh, behaviors. The other thing is also life. just
1: understanding your comments. I think, honestly, That's sometimes some people say so how do you, how do you be
0: rehabilitated and, if you don't understand the impact uh, that your comments yeah,
1: have? And they don't even understand what mm. they're actually saying. That's not right. a defense by any means. That's just... It's I not a defense. Honestly, it's, think for some people yeah. that they, they don't know or don't know the impact of their words and... Shouldn't be said, and like I said, the, the unfortunate part is, I, again, I can't foresee a world where it doesn't happen again and again because we see plenty of different things at grounds we go to. You, you say it at park footy and other things as well, unfortunately, some of the behaviour at times from, from different individuals. But the biggest thing, I guess, like everything when we talk about it and we highlight these things is it's always the minority, which mm. is the positive. But that's life, unfortunately. There's always going to be a minority that have these issues. But I think you touched on everything that I really need to speak on or don't really need to go any further. The way everyone's handled, everyone's rallied around the trail, his response to keep calling things out, player support, club support, NRL support and other external sources is exactly how it should be. Um, And then you just look at the way it was handled by, you know, like for Nico Hines to come out and say, I'd like to bring him into camp next year and try and, you know, go that other route like you're saying, rather than the life ban or the punishment route, go the rehab route or or the understanding sort of route and try and, bring that difference of opinion. Where it ends up, I don't know. But the whole life ban thing, I think, is a hard thing to regulate. Like, we, we go to footy games all the time. There's not exactly face scanners and identification, ID checks and all that sort of stuff. It wouldn't be hard to get a ticket and go to another football game. Mm. Um, but overall, it's not what we needed. But again, I think the, the football speaks louder. The actions of the players speak louder. The product speaks louder. And, and again, the majority do the right thing. Represent the game the right way and un- an unfortunate <laughs> black eye, but hopefully, um, you know, things just keep surging forward. So we leave that one as tackle one. Tackle two, um, for me, we talked about it last week. Obviously, it's been a big topic, rightly or wrongly. Again, it's not going into the individual incidents, but for me, with the way we're handling the HIA, I'm going to reiterate a point I've already made before. They brought in one rule change that I harped on about, which was that two HIA should activate your 18th man. I reckon already basically what I said last week's come to fruition again there should be a 19th person sitting there and if a third HA happens you activate that one as well because it's getting to a point now where if we are going to go this route like we are and putting welfare you know as the priority you look at a game like Newcastle on the weekend first minute 15th minute two HIAs done couple of sin bins like the extra bit of fatigue there the possibility for that third person I know there's no perfect answer I don't want to take away from my reserve grade team. You'd have to rotate carrying that extra nineteenth man. You'd have to sit that nineteenth man after he's played New South Wales Cup, potentially with a very slight chance if they're available. Um, you know, to be played, they'd have to be a match payment. Like I said, there's a lot of things around it, but I just think the way we're heading, it's almost imperative now that we act quickly.
0: Yeah, I think and get once you make. get a national reserve grade, it's going to make things a hell of a lot easier. And mm-hmm. that's what because behind the scenes, that's that's the big push. Whether the states will allow that. Uh, the only other, if you find a middle ground, is to have those state competitions play before NRL matches, mm. um, and then so you've got that available. But it's going to be difficult for travelling teams, which is what I said last week.
1: So, yeah, mm. I just think again well, I mm, think because otherwise
0: you're going to have guys not playing, and But do, that's that's a that's a bigger concern for player welfare. Guys sitting out multiple weeks, mm,
1: you can't do it. <clears throat> mm. And I, I think again, and for, again,
0: like you say, payments.
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a lot around it, but I just think we've arrived at this point now where if we're going to go this route, which I think is the right thing to do, and good on them for not apologising, for putting the, these things in place and acting on, like I said last week, if you're down, if you're legitimate, if you're not a legitimate, like it it's, it basically is what it is. And there's a few on the week, and again, that I'm not going to go on about, that I thought, well, you've done it to yourself. There was one or two guys that did lay down again, looking for a penalty, hop straight back up, and got taken for ha and got the shits. So... It's simple in that sense as well. If, if you're not hurt, it's in your best interest, given the way they're going right now, to get your ass off the floor. Yeah. Because otherwise you will hurt your team and don't complain about it after the fact. Um, but I just think, yeah, if we're going to go this way, it's, it's done the right thing to get the second HIA straight in to activate that player, which happened with Newcastle. But it, it's not going to go away. The, the game, we've said it a million times, blokes are bigger, faster, stronger... Uh, than they've ever been, the impact you're not going to be able to nullify it. We've had questions about tackle technique, questions could you change this? Is it this? Is it that? Like, this it's just something you're not going to be able to get rid of. No, how you work around it, how you nullify things, how you work in with it, um, is the best way forward. But after seeing a lot of HIAS again on the weekend, that possibility, um, I know it's harder at the moment without that uniform comp, what you're saying, or the underside, but rotate that 19th, get someone from Carp. pay a bloody flag kid for all I care because it's very unlikely he's going to get a chance. But there needs to be something else there in the way it's going. And yeah. it needs to be easy to activate somebody in that circumstance, in my opinion. Uh, but we move away from that. Tackle three. It's probably a bit of a long shot for me looking at it now, but I can't remember more injuries for teams at such an early stage given the short turnaround of you know, pre-season season Trials and or only been round two. Like Melbourne this week has named a couple of guys to return early, which sorta of worries me the way things have been going. But as of the weekend when Nelson got ruled out, eleven players missing. The Roosters after the weekend, I think they had eight listed, a couple have been renamed this week again, who might be fifty fifty. Newcastle missing nine, Cowboys seven, four or five basically across the board. The lowest toll so far is the Broncos at two, which is pretty good considering Oates only just got out of them last week, but I cannot remember so many teams been five plus and just at this early point, I, I don't know if I'm drawing a long bow to say that the last three years, compressing the comp, compressed back end of the season, origin periods, finals campaigns in a World Cup has maybe brought in that risk with guys not doing a pre-season or not quite getting a proper rest. But
0: Well, that's oh, that's the obvious one. It's, it's it's the lack of a pre-season. I looked at some. So much footy last year.
1: Yeah, I looked at some and found some guys that have only just happened or were last year, but. The overwhelming number here, soft tissue or not, not impact injuries or accident injuries, like it's just, just so many players to be missing after two rounds. Yeah, and, and credit to the teams because the football has been absolutely outstanding. Um, and I, yeah, I got another point on that coming up in the tackles, but I just really looked at it after the weekend and thought, man, there's some quality missing from some teams, and those numbers are. As bad as what they were at the back end of last season, which is generally where you see your injuries, obviously. Yeah, so exactly. yeah. um, let's hope that's not a continuing theme, and we don't have to reach so deep because it also dilutes, you know, a lot of things you're looking forward to. And usually, that's not a factor into the back end of the year and a bit's played out. But um, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a bit of a strange situation to be talking about ten plus injuries for a team, and some very close to ten already out their top thirty, and getting two or three exemptions after two rounds. Well, hundred percent, yeah. Tackle four, on the back of that for me, it was another great round of football. And I sort of go to another point. Do you think maybe we finally landed at a good balance point with all the rule changes that were introduced so quickly again in that bubble?
0: No, I like I hate seven tackle sets. I hate the six again. Like I, I want them gone. Mm. But apart from that, yeah, I feel like the game, I don't feel like the game's faster. All this stuff was, was brought in to make the game faster. I feel like, particularly with the Captain's Challenge and the stoppages that we've got for HIAs, which is, that's unavoidable. But I feel like the game has slowed up again. I don't, think, I don't feel like it's as fast as what it was when all these rule changes were implement, implemented initially. So if the, if the uh, intent was to have a fast game, I feel as though we've, we've sort of regressed a little bit in that aspect. In terms of the rule changes and the impact that they're supposed to have, I guess, well, what's what's the reason for that rule change being implemented? So you'd have to backwards map it with the NRL. I, like, I do like watching a game now. Like, there was probably a point last year where I was really struggling to watch some teams play. Uh, but, yeah, we're early on and most teams, we've got a little bit of parity at the moment. It'll be interesting once there starts to be, you know, a little bit of a an imbalance in the ladder and some teams fall away and, you know, they fall out of finals contention. Whether we get the same high quality across the board, I think the buys will also help that. But like that's probably a positive back to your last point about injuries. Or the, the buys you'd, you'd hope are going to help um, because you're going to get three across the the twenty seven, but you've also got the extra the extra week. So mm. it's we're asking so much of our players, so much of our players to to play. Um, the amount of games and across the, the amount of time that they've been training since the end of last year and a lot of players going to the World Cup, having to travel the UK, come back, I, I think it's been underestimated the, what we're actually asking the players to do, particularly with how early we started the pre-season challenge, Indigenous game, the World Cup challenge, and then the competition started a week earlier as well. Yeah, it's certainly... A, we don't want to see this ever again this demand placed on players, and hopefully this off-season...
1: Is a good reset period. Just,
0: but, yeah, and give them, you know, a good 10 weeks off.
1: I haven't looked to see if they've booked in international fixtures. Oh, God, or I hope not. If they're not, but the other one as well, the obvious one we've talked about before, this is more from a quality perspective, not just the physical side of things. They really need to sink in with the World Club Challenge that we talked about. Um, I, I feel that result this year brought a little more relevancy to it because no one expected... Saints to win. But if we want to truly get that matchup to be what it is, it needs to be a set date.
0: Yeah, we've spoken about this.
1: Two weeks or so yeah. after and get those two teams to actually play with the rosters they've got. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I thought that one, looking at it, there's, there were some guys, obviously, that were injured separately of that, but there was a lot of other guys. World Cup, long few years, long finals campaigns. You see Penrith obviously got their guys back early for that reason as well. Bit underdone the first few weeks, had a much better effort on the weekend but the numbers of injuries are huge. But uh, moving on from that one, tackle five, I didn't get to hear this in whole, but I was just interested uh, for different reasons and other sort of branches that come off from this topic, but the possibility of expansion to 20 teams, and I think it was on Triple M, they had uh, Valandis on, and there was talk that him and Politis are working on how this will look in the next sort of run, and they're really looking at getting to 20 teams. So again, don't, quote me on that exactly but that was the number that was brought up and the bigger thing for me was well okay if we want to get to 20 if we want to be truly national if that's the purpose and that where would your next three teams be because to me I still think there should be another foothold in New Zealand on the other island forget about location forget about all that where are the players coming from well this is the other issue we've had the argument before that I've talked about with the minimum wage for me not even that being another reason why a lot of guys go to England early
0: Who's developing them? Well, this is the other at the argument. moment we've, we've already got had Penrith. We've got a few clubs that are developing, and the rest that
1: buy, yeah. Or well, occasionally we'll find somebody, but in terms of what they put into it, we'll find someone or someone else. Yeah, and this is the purpose again that we've talked about for a long time about you know
0: if maybe if- maybe the NRL will need to have a development unit similar to what the AFL do with the the national rising stars. Like mm. I know that they do that for the draft. But maybe the NRL could go and have satellite groups in, you know, whether it's Western Australia or um, South Australia or Northern Territory or over in Fiji, and then bring them in, and maybe maybe the teams could um, draft them.
1: Well, this is as sort of a points. free agent
0: draft, like they they they're, they're players that don't belong to anyone's development, I the know. NRL development. Here's some players you can then bid for them. Uh, well, sorry, you can draft them and then that'll naturally backfill and, and maybe just give dispensation for for teams to have an extra, you know, maybe five players on their training trial to hopefully f- have these players feed in. If you get, if, like, three more teams is 100 players. 100 yeah, well, first-grade quality when, when players, you're where your, are you getting them from? When you're
1: at your top 30s, when you're at your...
0: Because look at New South Wales Cup at the moment. Like, three having coached four. there now for two years, there's that, that competition isn't what it used to be. That is now a breeding ground. Like if you're good, you're good in flag. More often than not, you're in well, New the, South Wales Cup. So it's not reserve grade isn't now just for your for your NRL player that's not playing first grade. It's also also for your best. Well, some some clubs are pushing their SG ball players. They're better SG ball players straight from uh, straight through flag into cup.
1: The one for me that's got to go is Sydney Shield. I yeah, bet. let's
0: not get into that. I'm talking about, yeah, know, hey, I'm develop talking, players. Forget about Sydney Shield. I'm talking about the dilution. That's got, nah, it's got nothing to do with it. We're talking about how do you get an extra 100 players. And the, my point is, is that a lot of clubs will go and get their best fled kid yeah, and put him in there rather than keep that NRL player around and they then go to England. Hmm. So we've got to work out how we're going to keep probably that 10 to 20 players that every year... Yeah, buggers go. often goes to another but another country. Also another part of that, you
1: can't say it wasn't related to minimum wage because that was part of it. When you're getting 80K and having to move every 12 months and you go to England and they pay for housing, flights, employment, and they might give you 150 and you get a good life experience, it needs to be more feasible for you to stay and pursue and push. So I still feel like in that CBA, it was all well and good to go, well, we've got to 120. I think it needs to be 150 to take that away and keep some more of the bottom end hanging around because... England's cap isn't what it used to be, or the output's not what it used to be, but
0: yeah. But who's paying for that? The cost of so the clubs. Staff, so who's paying for that?
1: Well, again, that that's the clubs just, or the NRL. Well, we already know where it's come from. The NRL basically pay it with that grant, but you in know, that but grant, grant, what, what that should I'm have asking
0: been, is who who pays for that minimum wage increase? Where does the funding come from?
1: Well, you know that's what that's what no we don't because
0: it doesn't it doesn't happen right so. And obviously with the with more, you get an extra team, you get an extra game. You get an extra three teams, you get an extra two games.
1: TV, right. So that would
0: theoretically pay for itself, right? But yeah, I'm just not sure it's going to help the quality of the competition at this point in time. Like right now, imagine saying we're going to go to 20 teams. No. So, what's the time frame on it? More importantly, I think it's players and it's time frame, location. Yeah. Well, this heads. was the
1: other part. I think they said, like, I said I haven't listened to it, but I think they were talking about the eighteenth. Maybe. Yeah, I, don't, I
0: don't listen to Triple H. No, so but I, don't. I heard.
1: I read some quotes today when I was reading the paper in the afternoon, in between a job, and I think it was maybe twenty five <laughs> for the eighteenth team, and then to have two others come 25 in. Twenty five. What? Twenty twenty five. So it's not a long way. And then you'd have two more coming, say twenty thirty, if you framework that way.
0: No, I don't think you can have two coming at the same time. But that's. Bloody
1: hard. Well, that's the thing. Like you said, where's the development coming in? What's the pathway for it?
0: That's what I'm saying. But so if you can at least give these teams sort of a two-year period where they're just by themselves but I trying also, to trying to form up and get going. I
1: also think the bigger part of this, which is why I think the Dolphins were always so rock solid, is they already had an established club under them. I know they're not called Redcliffe Dolphins, but...
0: And I'll tell you, the other way to do it is to, go, is to trim the squads, to go the other way and say, righto, state-based competitions... So New South Wales Cup are now no longer affiliated to the NRL. So they go to Blacktown, they go to Mounties, they go to Newtown, they go to whoever, and they fund it. And you just say, Well, NRL squads are now twenty five or twenty eight or twenty seven or whatever the the number is, and then you'll thin those that, that back ten players will either have to go and find an NRL club or they'll go and play state based footy.
1: But again, money wise, how's that work if well, that's, not much that's money what I'm they saying. Well, well you've
0: got know. some of the, a lot of those a lot of those clubs could pay for it, could fund it. A lot of the Queensland clubs do. A lot of them aren't affiliated to an NRL club. So it's just about I guess then you're gonna have a gap between full time players and part time players in terms of training, quality, performance, all that stuff. So mm. I'd be going the other way. I'd be saying Let's try and pull as much money together as we can. For the, for the short term, go to 40 players in each squad for you know the three years prior to that team entering the competition. So and then at least they're, they're pulling players that are in NRL systems and training full time. Then I think you've got a better chance of having the quality of the competition stay up.
1: Well, the other question I sort of had before when you were talking about development, I know when they went in and reviewed you know all the jobs for the boys and a lot of just dead wood there, are they getting out as much now into schools? I don't and, know because I know they trimmed it up, and wanted to be more focused, and more central. But
0: no, I, look, I'll, I'll say this: I, like in the last probably three, four, five years, a year or two before COVID, the whole the whole focus for the NRL and the NRL development guys, and I've been, I've been told this by multiple guys who work for the NRL development that it's gone to participation numbers. So their focus was on participation numbers, participation mm. numbers, and getting, you know, for for example, our school, we've got a rugby league program. We've got enough to have two teams, yeah. okay? So they, they wanted us to bring both teams down to certain carnivals because they could then say that Chifley didn't just bring their best team, but they brought both teams, and participation numbers are, instead of 17, it's 34, to try and get their numbers up and just trying to get teams who don't normally play Rugby League, to come down to a carnival, they might play one game and get eliminated out, but they're counted as participation numbers.
1: See, that's... So it's... That's hopeless. Yeah. That's, that's at the school level. I thought that one of the things when they cut it down, and because like, there was a lot of people... And that's were, a fact. Just, like, I, know, I know that for a fact. I'm not yeah. going to drop names or, no, you're not or anything, names, but, but there was a lot of dead wood. They cleaned it up, which I agreed with, because there was a lot of people sitting around doing bugger all, but the AFL, I know they haven't quite landed the way they want. But how but, do you
0: want it... So what do you think that's going to achieve, though? Like going into a school... Or getting and in front of people, giving away tickets, I, putting players in I front think of them. the like, club. I should, think seen, the
1: club should be doing that. I know that, but that needs to be in line with NRL and development mm. and grouped together. Because when I went to school, that is what happened. They come with the development officers, you do some basic skills, they bring some players out. It was sort of kicking off of that relationship. It's the gear, whole argument about who owns development, right? But my point on that as well is the money they've put into that or how they've redirected or what they're doing. When you talk about these satellite camps, all that dead wood they sort of cut out, I'd have no problem with going, all right, we want to employ, you know. Two or three people in Fiji, or two or three people in Papua New Guinea, and scout and train and have camps like you're talking about satellite camps to try and find more of these players and breed more of these players to feed into our systems. But I'd rather spend a hundred grand on that and some living, or a situation where you might have a common house with two or three guys living and paying a wage, or girls, etc., and doing that in WA or these sort of areas than having a bunch of people sitting around doing fuck all, driving around in cars, rocking up to school every now and then, or fudging participation numbers like you're talking about. Mm. There's, I think there's other ways they're or not, other f- avenues. They're not, yeah,
0: they're not fudging it, but their their whole focus yeah. has gone to... You know to, what I
1: mean? Like, to say you played in that game, that's participation. <clears throat>
0: because that's obviously what the head office is
1: but pushing other, down
0: the hill to say that this is important. We need participation numbers up.
1: Your other key focus here, much like why well, the Dolphins, I think, were a great candidate, not just the fact that $100 million in assets, money in the bank, and an established club. They've got a junior pathway there. Mm. So... If they went Queensland again, which I still think there's room, that Ipswich corridor that they always talk about, the amount of juniors there that the Roosters and a lot of people have been fishing out of, that's probably another obvious candidate if you set it up properly and it's financially viable because it's already got an established pathway. If you got into the South Island of New Zealand, I guess the biggest thing is we're looking at the Warriors going, well, that hasn't paid off quite as it is. But if the New Zealand Rugby League sort of review that Gus sort of did and trying to get that back on track and the Warriors start heading the right way and then you can get set up over there, and cut back into Union, which their biggest advantage in cutting into the Union was the under-20s competition on the television, which is gone. I think there's another one again where you get a viable pathway and maybe win a few more players, but my biggest thing is you can't just parachute a team in that has just a little bit of money, no junior pathway, no base, no backing. So if you're going to do WA again or one of these teams, you're going to have to think very long and hard about it because it's not as simple as just getting the players, which you have already seen, is hard enough. But for the Dolphins side of things, I don't think long-term it's as big a worry because they've got money They've got time and they've already got an established pathway. So it may not be, like we said, the next two or three years and they've got veterans, a couple of young guys and a few good kids that they've stolen, but they're going to feed through, no doubt, and have even more focus and money and time put into what was already a good system and produce for themselves. The Ipswich thing could do the same. South Island could if the right focus went into it, but they were talking about a Pacifica team being based in Cairns or a WA team, all those sort of ones I look at and go, okay, bar money and getting the 30 players, what's your infrastructure and how you're going to survive. Mm. That needs to be well thought out if you're going to drop someone in. Like, I don't think any sort of club or any of those other bidders, which is the reason they went with the Dolphins, could have probably succeeded in the first few years without the setup that they've got and then obviously who they've employed. But, yeah, there's there's a lot of branches, like we said, to come off that talk, but... um, I'd, I'd be super keen for it to get to 20. because yeah, They think, just need a plan
0: yeah. how they're going to do it
1: effectively. I, I think it gets to the point that we've always talked about. If you've got 20, you play everybody once um, and have a buy and that's 20 rounds. And then you can yeah. go into finals you know, and that's build. as fair as it is. And if you need to stop for origin and have an international period in the middle of the year, I think you could split it 10 weeks, 10 weeks and you can make that all work and it'd be very balanced and then you can actually plan an international schedule after that as well. Mm. So I see positives in it. But like you said, you need to get there the right way and it needs to be thought about. Yeah. Um, so again that was probably well different to what some people heard or how it was explained but it just sort of clicked in my head when I heard those few words and then I ran off on my own little tangent with that going well I wonder what they're thinking if it was that sort of timeline or where it's going to be mm. um, but yeah uh, 6 I know I said last week we'll probably stick to trying to keep these things to non-related to teams but I couldn't help myself the whole Tigers thing again on the weekend um just the draw they've had so far, all the talk around it, the play the way they did, what happened afterwards, Hadja and being out constantly talking and defending and moving it, and to see Sheen's down there, like, round two in the way he was, and, oh, oh, yeah, I'm just, I'm really, really baffled, but I I guess that, and then even the post-game stuff, like, I know the whole Jackson Hastings thing, no one knows the full story of this, that, and the other, but, it, there was no intent in what he did. He's done the old Grim Reaper hook that a lot of people do to try and knock the ball out. He's busted his nose. Yes, he's probably frustrated at the moment. Yes, and then to have David Clemmer walking over, like you know, maybe focus on playing some good football mm. rather than trying to pick a fight with a guy that you know they may have beef with. But not even them during the week talking about the narrative. Like I, I actually thought Jackson Hastings ended himself really well,
0: yeah,
1: considering the well. circumstances. But it's just another one where I'm sitting there looking at the Tigers going even I sort of started to buy in a little bit to go arpy Papalete, like a couple of good signings, surely this has got to start heading the right way and again, two weeks is way too early to say it but I just find myself again very, very early going like fucking hell, just a basket case and even the Bateman thing, like don't talk about the ankle, he's acclimatizing, it's this, it's that, it's like well if he's got an injury, like, who fucking cares, just say he's injured, like the reason he's not playing. Mm. But I just, yeah, I don't know. Where do you want me to start? No, I, I didn't even really want to open up on it because I know probably people are going, ah, oh, you've both been there, you've done this, you, that, you talk about it a lot. But I ju- I'm just almost at a about point what? The where I'm gobsmacked.
0: What does, it, what does it matter whether we've been there or not?
1: Yeah, it's just, yeah, I just... Because it's totally
0: different stuff. Like, I never coached under Sheens. No. I'm, I've never met Sheens in my life. Um, Benji Marshall came down to a few sessions when I was coaching and mm-hmm. He was he was quite he good. He was good with the kids in the half. He was great. Yeah. yeah. So... I, I my, guess. My only, the, I think the issue probably, the glaring issue at the moment is that there are, there is murmurs coming out that they're not getting along or they're not seeing eye to eye. Well, that's they've scary. They've got two for itself. two people, I guess, in positions of power. Um, and they're they're going to be arguing, I guess, about um roles and responsibilities. I think it just has that just has to be clear. There's pressure on now because they're losing. Simple as that. If they've won both games, there's no. Nothing said. If they go out and beat the Bulldogs this weekend, the pressure will go off, the talk will stop. Mm. I think it's probably the fashion in which they've played. Yeah. That's and and for Sheens and Benji, that's that's the hardest thing to because they could have had a good preseason. They mm. you know, they you don't go from playing like they did against Canberra, and I know that was a troll, and that was yeah. my whole that was my whole mindset yeah. going into don't. the season. I'm not going to trust them until I see it under pressure. Mm. Now that they're under a little bit of pressure, it's gone to water a little bit. Uh, I think they deserve more than two weeks to yeah, get, to get that, it but right. I I think it's the... It's just the fashion. It's been it's, horrible.
1: Yeah, but it's the same thing at as always. Leicart against hear, two beatable sides. You hear this information coming. Dave footy. Talk around Bateman. All these like, just yeah, shut the that's, fuck that's up. That's the
0: club. Yeah, but all
1: the years we've said this, they just shut, shut up. up. Play footy yeah. and tighten up. But, and it, it makes me wonder. But though, I, again, and like, I
0: always go back to this. The, the leadership at the club, like, someone at the top really needs to take control boy. over what the philosophy is...
1: This is the other question, right? ...how
0: information is disseminated, ensuring that everything is tight and information is tight. Like what, What's the... What information is only given to people who absolutely need to know. What's the so only think, part... And then you'll
1: soon work out who your leak is. What's the only part that really hasn't changed over a long period of time? Well, leadership. So... Leadership. Whether that changed everything else because we can honestly might say... might not be
0: leadership, but... There,
1: there is some good kids pushing through. They have tidied up their pathway a fair bit. Yeah, but again, I did think they, 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 they sort it, of say, bro.
0: well... We've got a good Howard Matthews team. We've got a good SG ball. Bo- but well, that doesn't mean that nah, they're going to be first It means graders. nothing.
1: It takes a few years to see if that's even going to convert. But to clean all those things up doesn't equal success or to keep pushing the center of excellence, the center of excellence, the center of excellence. It runs from the top down, which is sort of the point getting to here. Again, even with what seemed like a real lot of positives in the last sort of six to eight months and everything's been spun a certain way, it just blows my mind that it's only two weeks in. And again, things coming out, performance, Different yeah, oh, it, shocked, it shocked
0: me when they were in Madge out of town. When Madge didn't work, I was like, "Wow!" Mm, and that was
1: another comment, I, I thought actually. that
0: I thought that would be exactly what they needed, and I was horribly wrong. Mm.
1: So, we'll leave it at that. I hope things do turn because, again, with quality players like Arpy, I wasn't big on the Bateman signing, especially for the money. But like Offhand Gowie, him, Clamar, Papa like, there's way too much quality to see what we've seen in the first two weeks. Yeah, that's and then it's more again just thought, worst case, if a bad start, they'd just be rock solid. But to see that bit after the game, all the talking already, little things popping out again, whether they're true or not, which unfortunately, we said for them, generally it is, because they leak like Sib. Yeah. I just really, really hoped, especially for some, some of these young guys that we did have a little bit to do with, some of them coming through, that this would be a different story, hopefully moving forward, and that these guys could push in, be yeah. the difference, change it, and they would go back to being the team. that As a 15-year-old, I fell in love with that team that year. That was awesome to watch that. Uh, as you know, someone when you're starting to come into that real peak time of your football and junior reps is on the bound, and you're at high school and you're really into it. O five Tigers for me were awesome, and I don't remember anything. But I yeah, guess but not, in mate, my time, I know so. that, but I remember my prime time on that yeah. was good. A good football team that always produced good players and had guys pushing through, and just to see and be what they've been for such a long period of time now, and to think slowly it might be turning in it like yeah, you just want it to be silent. And worry about football. Yeah. So, let's hope we see some positives in the next few weeks. Um, I'll be interested. They've got Bateman in their reserve list, if he does play this week or not. Um, And yeah, still some interesting use of some players in certain positions, but we leave that behind. And that is the set of six. Let's jump in and do our reviews from the games from the weekend. Panthers-Souths, 16-10. This one for me was Penrith getting back to what they do best. Just being physical... Really getting South bogged down in yardage, set for set, cycling, and I I just put most of it on their defense. I still think their attack was a bit clunky. They obviously had some positive moments where they pulled some points out, but that was base Penrith that we've come to know and watch the last few years. Yeah, expected
0: a response. We got it. mm. Uh, Penrith were very, very good. Like you said, they kept the ball in play. Uh, and and that really really didn't suit house, did it?
1: No, and I think missing those two middles, having to call on the bench the way they did. Um, he went with Mawale early, who when they got into that cycle and made it fast and physical and an end to end. Well, a losing. He gassed. No, that's my point though. Yeah. He used him early, and Shack really surprised me the first two weeks. He's been great. Like the minutes were good, but mm. certainly struggled with those middles, and then they just got bogged down in yardage. Like I, I don't think there was a lack of effort from the guys, but said it before, if Latrell's not really involved, and I know Thompson's a bigger body. They did a really good number on him, forced a couple of errors, put some kicks to him. Johnston's not great in yardage, and when Luttrell's in the mood, he's very dangerous as well, but they just sort of got bogged down. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I thought they
0: just transition from O to D, D to O. mm -hmm. They really, really didn't handle that, and their discipline was poor.
1: And the other thing: 13 errors, 68% completion, 44 missed tackles. Felt like their best footy come when it didn't matter at the end, and Disappointed in Penrith, felt like they gave them a sniff that shouldn't have existed. But when they got to play a little bit of football, in my opinion, in garbage time at the back end there. Mm. Um,
0: yeah, but I also thought like this was a big test for Ilias. Mm. Like you saw what Reynolds did the week before there, and controlled a game, kicked, and got in that cycle game with Penrith and looked comfortable doing it. Whereas Saus, they've earned a bit of a reputation for a set start team. But they need to move out of that and understand if they, they want to win the comp, they're gonna to have to beat these live ball teams as well. They're gonna to have to learn how to play a different way, learn how to
1: play left handed. Well in his defence a little bit, yeah, I think. Well he you're forward. gonna defend him because no,
0: well, I, I like him as well, but I like Reynolds. The, he got exposed. Their forward pack, their forward they got pack exposed.
1: last week was better than Pennis. Their, set their set ends, wasn't better.
0: Their set ends were poor. Yeah. Um They played and, off the back foot just, the whole not. Well it's to determine field position. But but that's an excuse for key position players. Sometimes you've got to generate your own momentum, and you need to think outside the box in how to do it. It's not just you can't just go. Oh, our forwards aren't going forward, so try oh, something not, else. I'm not what's what's, them what's the next? But the week what's before, the plan?
1: I thought Brisbane's forward pack was better. I thought they defended better. Yeah, well, a you lot can of, say
0: that all you want. I'm uh, not talking about that game. I'm talking about this this game. Yeah, but I'm and looking the, at multiple end of sets. How they kicked. How they finished their sets. Where they gave Penrith the ball, and it was a stark difference between. This game and the Brisbane game, I know they're not exactly the same games, but that dictated field possession, uh, position, and possession, and it just limited the ability for Souths to, you know, roll in from halfway like they like to, and get into their shapes and get into their sequences, which is where they're very dangerous. Late in the game, well, they they finished how they should have started. Yeah, they played some footy late. The pressure went off late. They freed up late. I don't understand why they didn't do that to start with. Mm.
1: And I don't understand, they were really up for the physical side the week before. And that game was against the Sharks, you know, got they got down and dirty. And I thought they were really, really good. Well,
0: I, a big killer in this also was a try right on half-time. Like, it was 4-0, oh, and I was huge. like, Souths had done very well to be 4-0. Like,
1: I'm wrapped
0: at half-time. But 10-0, big difference. That one hurts
1: even more because Penrith <laughs> bombed a couple of other ones. Like, Garner's no. bombed try. I think Martin had well, There was a couple there that shouldn't have been well, left Littrell on the table. Well, saved one. So, the door was left mm. open.
0: Yeah, and then Garner bombed one. Or oh, no, they got done for the I thought... Souths were actually lucky because I can't think of who was getting up to play the ball. I think it was Mitch Kenny got up to play the ball and they called it a, a knock on or an incorrect play the ball. Luttrell actually pulled Kenny down. Mm. Kenny got his foot to the ball and played it correctly. And if they played on, I think Garner scored, but they pulled up to play the ball for an incorrect play the ball.
1: I think the other one again, like I, I get what you're saying about this so and I'm not wiping it. But the other one for me, and he always seems to get involved in it every single game against Penrith in particular, <clears throat> Cody Walker, for me, just yeah got frustrated. They weren't going forward. Didn't have the opportunity to do what you'd want to do, or like you said, get to those parts of the field. And uh, the back end, when it sort of was in the balance a little bit, or they had their few chances, just a couple of penalties or a couple of average moments again as well. Mm. So mm. for Penrith, good result. Um, a scary moment, I guess, with Nathan's ankle, but they got the buy this week. Good timing. Luai also had a bit of an issue. I think they're, they're hoping that both of them will be sweet, after that, and that would be a huge blow if they would lose either of them. In particular, you could see them working on nice leg, and it looked like a higher up on the leg rather than the syndrome, which is right down like the ankle and the lower foot. So, um, great timing for them in that regard. But yeah, I thought their back five were really, really good. Um, Dill, as we said, you've seen the difference he makes when he's not there, set starting, just being involved. Yo. Good game, and, and I guess for someone like a Garner who wasn't great the first two weeks, I know he probably should have taken one or two of those opportunities, but that was the Garner that I thought was going to be going there. Mm. Nice, simple game, running hard lines, crashing in, and he got himself over the line twice. So obviously, we want him to score those, but some more positive signs all around for some of those Penrith players and a bit more, like we said, that base or the, the base principle of what you expect to see them do, kick, control, Bash you and yardage, you just bring you into that game and see how long you want to go for, and South didn't really want to get involved it until it was too late. Yeah, Um South side of things, you know, like Murray worked hard but no football. Kalama Tangi, similar deal, <laughs> worked hard but they didn't have much footy. Tass, um, I actually think was pretty good considering the circumstances, and I well, you brought him up last week. He, yeah, he I, was, thought, yeah I thought, yeah, thought he played really good. good again. And Shaq just impressed me again because this was a guy that I watched play cup not long ago and not play.
0: He's going on real
1: many minutes, and he punched out another forty or so, and was really effective. So, for them there, yeah, that that's the sort of thing they need. With the Sale coming back to toe back this week, and Arrow like you need to find an extra middle, which was the biggest gripe I probably had with them. Mm-hmm. And if they can fill that rotation, or even have say him a Sale and somebody else there when Harvey Lee comes back, he plays that hooker role as well as the middle role, that kind of backfills that hole that they've had for a few years now. Where I kept looking, going, "Where's the extra middle? Where's the extra middle?" Where's the extra middle? Um, if he can do that, well, that would be, you know, a good thing for them. But uh, a little bit disappointing after the week that was before. And then, obviously, we talked about the incident early on, which was another black eye to the whole situation. But uh, we move on from that one. Sharks-Eels, 30-26. This was an excellent game of football for Man on Friday. And I know there was lots of errors and it was a little bit messy. But for a 6 o'clock game in that sort of weather, I thoroughly enjoyed this game of football. Mm. Well, yeah,
0: it was... Mm. It was good, good game of footy, but some really sloppy defence in amongst it.
1: Yeah, fast, physical, and from end at times. But it, it, just the yo-yo of it as well. Like sharks come out ten nil down, then they're back twelve ten ahead, eighteen fourteen half time. They go down early in the second, then grab a couple late chance. Parramatta have a chance, you know, at, at thirty twenty six to possibly get themselves a win. Can't do it go down 0-2 to start the season. Uh, I guess probably one of the big points to take away from this, and we've seen this the first two weeks, is probably the use of the bench and it points to a few points. He didn't use Warrie McGregor at all Mm. and then his other bench players got 13 minutes, 23 minutes, 35 minutes. So, you know, you're loading up your starting pack, which is all well and good, but for later in the year, for an origin period or if you get injuries, to not be using your bench at all now and basically not showing any faith it all and what you've got now speaks to two things. If you don't trust those guys, what do you got coming through in New South Wales Cup? What do you got to call upon? Because if you're already not willing to trust the guys you're picking in your seventeen this early, and they're not really missing a whole lot of people, Sean Lane and Madison will obviously bring two options there where they can
0: that's, that's your answer, push someone that's back your to the question.
1: bench. But the other two spots there are not catching the utility. Like you're you're very light on again. If you're like oh, I'm, just going to hold off, hold off. You are going to get injuries and suspensions at some point. Yeah. And he's really not willing yeah,
0: to trust just, anyone at this point in we, time. Yeah. Well, it's trust, but it's also a lot of faith in your starters. So I think it's a, it's a double-edged sword, right? So I'm I'm using them. I'm using my starters because I feel as though even when they're gassed, they're better than what I have on the bench. That's essentially what he's saying. I, I think Kyle Rodwell in New South Wales Cup could easily
1: play. Well, he's he's like the one he, for me.
0: He'd be one that I'd be throwing in there because he's in a similar mould to um, Jermaine Hopgood? Well, he
1: was at South, and so I can't believe he was let go. But again... Well,
0: you can understand it with
1: what they've got. Yeah, I know. Yeah. This was a few years ago, though, multiple years ago, and I always thought he was really good. Tigers took him in for a preseason, cut him, which surprised me. Mm. And now he's been here for a few years and he's played only two or three games. I thought this year, surely he'd be in that rotation. But yeah. I guess the bigger question I have now, Hopgood is exactly what we thought he would be, Haven't seen him at Penrith. Yeah. For me, I'd leave Madison in the role that he had last year when he comes back, coming into that middle... Well, he's, he's
0: probably going to need it at because he's not going to oh, gas these leads. the other
1: back row I'll spot between the two that are playing there right now Lane will come back on the left which means Cartwright will move out eventually I can't stick with Dury and I already well, think well there's
0: your bench though you're going to have Madison, Cartwright
1: well who plays on the right though because for me right now I, would doesn't be, matter. I wouldn't be picking Dury I'd prefer Murchie or Cartwright move to yeah. the right once Lane's back Yeah, but I think Madison that's going to
0: stiffen up your bench
1: Madison naturally to me with Hopgood there doing the job he's doing goes back to doing that bench job he was doing yeah. They'll still well, get the, fifty five or so out of him. And
0: the criticism's gonna come when Parramatta aren't winning games. Exactly. It's as simple as that. Like if they've won their first two, which they could have easily done, there'd still be some questions asked but the criticism wouldn't be as hard. Well. It's 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 a trust issue. Like I i I know it's I hard. I don't know what else
1: but they could There's go. There's no
0: other way to articulate it.
1: They could go zero and five. They've got Manly this week at Bullfellow. Yeah, oh, let's not do that. They've got Penrith the week after that. No, let's not do. Then that. they go to. Ke- oh, I know. So but let's I'm just, just look
0: at this week, and if they're zero and five, they're zero and five. But they could easily be two and zero. You know, they had four four sets on Cronulla's goal line there that they could have scored a try. Well, to be and won fair, the game, and, they and then the week before Melbourne. they 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 should have been Melbourne
1: the week. Before. They go that cool. one away. Yeah.
0: But they, um, but they didn't, so there they are under a little bit of pressure questions I've been
1: asked. There's a bit more of an answer for people talking about the bench situation. Clearly, <laughs> he's hoping he can get through until he gets those two yeah. back. Shuffle a couple of guys back to the bench. Greg will naturally probably be gone. Yeah. He'll keep Murchie, maybe Mommasier, and go with the utility. Um, but yeah, he'll have two guys to push back. But I guess it's just more a question moving forward. Like we said, if he doesn't trust those guys now, um, he's probably going to have to trust them at some stage because yeah. he's going to need to use one or two of them. Although
0: they're... they're- Big concern for Parramatta coming out of the weekend was that um, Hopgood generated three of their tries. Mm, saved a couple. Some, they missed some absolute howlers on their inside shoulder. Like the first two tries mm. were just short passes straight through for inside shoulder misses. Hopgood missed a horror inside shoulder down a short side. Yeah, he did um, get burned. Yeah, and that was just before half time, I think. And the killer in this game, I think, was the intercept. Uh, Gutherson went down the right-hand side yeah. and threw an intercept to, um, oh, I can't think of his last name yeah, yeah. Who got run down by Mitchell Moses in a fantastic chase? But they scored the play play the after play on the back of it was great. Yeah, and look, Parramatta—they had the game on their bat at the back end. Mm-hmm. They, they, they had opportunities there to win it. I've got a little bit of a concern over their attack. I think from left to right, they look, yeah, they they look clunky for whatever reason. Um, but from right to left, they've they, they look pretty sharp. Yeah, well. Hodgson, I think is doing a good job. Like I know I I picked Parramatta to miss the eight, but I actually feel more confident about them making the eight based on what I've seen. I know they haven't won both yeah. games, but I put I'm them not judging them for... based on games. I'm judging them on the performances, and just I think they're going to get better.
1: Well, again, stiffen up that bench a little bit, take a little bit of the load off your two mm-hmm. props. So I think have been outstanding in both games. Hopgood, who, at you know, I know he's played a couple of full years of cup now, but at some stage this year, he is going to flatten out a little bit. Um, and the other, the other scary thing, I know it's hard to bring up after two games. Some people have already jumped on it, no surprise. But if he doesn't have Queenslander written all over him for the fact he is a Queenslander with the style of play and the way he is, and they're generally a bit thinner in the forwards than the New South Wales stocks, if he d- delivers this for the next 10 weeks, it really wouldn't surprise me if he's somewhere in origin. Yeah, Which, again, is a, a crazy setting. Probably more scary to the point you made last week that nobody ID'd this guy watching the last year in a bit. And we talked about it last year, like i would saying, I can't believe he's not on the bench ever. I, I, yeah,
0: I was talking to guys at Penrith, like, and we, um,
1: and Parramatta we got played him, him for, played, played him late in the
0: year at Penrith. And I remember talking to one of the Panthers coaches coming out of half time, just going, like, Give us Hopgood, and we'll beat you. Well, not that we'd beat you, we'll but it'd be, be a much big, more even game. It'd be a like he was just an out and out first grader playing yourself was Carl. He was That's amazing, he right? was murdering that competition.
1: They they got onto him early, I'll give them that. They signed him very early in the year. But you would have watched him last year for the whole year if you parent go, and we've mm. absolutely fucking nailed this. Yeah. Because not only were we got him early, paid him well, like he, peanuts. Well, He was
0: doing things against us, he was offloading, he was passing, he was yeah. kicking, he was running, he was stepping, he was yeah.
1: But yeah, I think it's similar impressive. to you. I mm. think uh and Moses as well, I know everyone's putting down the contract. I don't know if it's contract stuff, but to me he scored a couple of tries there. More off the back of what others have generated. I don't think he has had the greatest opening two games. I thought Dylan was a lot better Um, Mm. this week. uh, Hopgood and those two props, like I said, were pretty outstanding. Uh, And then on the flip side of that for Cronulla, another look. I I thought Moylan stepped up this week and so he should have. I'm sure he would have got a bit of a bake or heard the drums a little bit last week after watching Trindle and in particular what he brings in a kicking game that he doesn't really and he's a goal kicker. Mm. Um, But I thought he was pretty good again couple of missed tackles, but not for a lack of physicality, but Moylan really cleaned up on that side of things and was much better with the football. Kennedy was quality, and again, they've got themselves into the situation. He's off contract. They'd signed Dykes. They've got a young kid, Seteni Takomo, who plays fullback. We knew that they had Miller there, who was obviously gone. They're now trying to work with an extension with him, with Dykes doing his ACL, but they're only talking one to two years. But for me, I, I can't see how you'd let him go. I'm no. not saying you throw four years at him and some crazy amount of money, but if he got into the market, I'm sure there'd be a lot of teams very interested in Will Kennedy. So oh. for them, whether it is any, him and a two-year yeah. deal, like I said here, yeah. I'm good on them for getting him locked up yeah. for three years because once they sign him well, instantly in my head, Parramatta was the one club I was looking at going, if Mitchell Moses keeps pushing this envelope, I'd be going to Braden Trinner right now going two or three years, 400 grand right yeah. now. And we let the $1 million or whatever walk out the door, take the extra five six hundred, we are just stuck back in the bank, go buy, you know, in another couple of positions of need. If the Hodgson thing doesn't work out, there's another 600 grand. Hooker, a couple more forwards. Like, I, I sort of looked at them straight away as a prime candidate for a half, but um, for Cronulla to sort of nurse this all up, if you're looking at Dyke's longer term and not sold on Kennedy right now, like, I, I don't really know how he couldn't be. I minimum, if they don't want to go crazy, would be giving him two more years. Yeah. Um, if he hit the market tomorrow... Teams like the Tigers, I think there'd be a lot of teams that should be throwing their hat in the ring for a guy like Will Kennedy if he hit the market, Yeah, that's for sure. But yeah, he obviously had a great game. Um, Ford's a little bit better this week, like a Rudolph I didn't think was great the week before, McKinnis got a few minutes, I know he made error trying to score a try and whatnot, but I thought the extra minutes and sort of that extra mobility to the middle really helped him. So. Um, no Nor Nico still for another week, and if they push through that sort of period, I guess it'll get them closer to where they want to be, but... Um, I, I am generally interested to see what happens with Moil and, and Trindle. I'm sure he'll go with more than Nico to start with, but I think there's a lot of questions that will come if Trindle has another good game this week and keeps delivering what he's been delivering as to whether that's the best halves pairing moving forward. Mm. But they jagged this one. They've had two close games to start with the Eels and the Sharkies, um, and they move on from this one. Broncos Cowboys. Uh, this was a really, really good game of football, but for me, the the wind sort of went out of the sails a little bit when that sinbin happened, and and rightfully so, that it did happen, but I sort of felt that that 10 minutes there, the try instantly came after it, bit of the gas taken out of the tank, I thought, for the Cowboys. In particular, in the first half, I'd felt like they'd already defended long periods or done well to sort of hold Brisbane out for the most part, and I could see it a few more times, but felt like from the period that sin bin happened with Drinkwater... Um, and they scored with Stags and that there, that for me, just felt like it was all that Brisbane. Was, that was self inflicted. I know it was self inflicted. but The that's Cowboys, what I'm there's a
0: couple of little trends with the Cowboys. They're starting like a house on fire. They didn't bank enough points early. Mm. They had all the possession, field position. They came hard at Brisbane, just like they did at Canberra the week before. And then two weeks in a row, they've given up a try right on half time, a momentum killer right on half time. That one both did games,
1: hurt, right? that really
0: hurt. So that that not only hurts your morale going into half time, it's it shows maybe a, a lack of concentration, but it also gives the opposition a zip-up at halftime. Mm. Like going in, we're feeling now pretty good about ourselves, and all of a sudden the Cowboys are thinking, shit, Like we've just conceded a try. And that can distract you and, and get your mind off what the, the job is and how we're moving forward and what the plan is for the second half. Then, again, they started slow the first 10 minutes of the, the second half last week, and they did it again this week. Not only did they have... Uh, they conceded another try, but then they had the simbin bin as well. And the game sort of went from being pretty comfortably in their control for the first 30 to getting out of control within a 15-minute period. The five, um, sort of that middle 20, 20 minutes, which are vitally important in games, just, they've just they got to control that period. The 10 minutes before and the 10 minutes after half time, I think. that That's a period which could have... It's lost, cost them this game. It could have easily cost them the game last week as well.
1: well particularly, like you said, it was... A couple of, mate, like two or three big moments within five minutes of either half. So Chad goes to relieve the pressure because they've been camped on their line, defended really well, kicks early play three, puts it out on the foot, Turns that over, which turns into a four-pointer. Then coming out, obviously that line broke. Drinkwater gets a little bit lazy on the come across there. Loses his feet, sort of has the wrapping motion, but is up I high. I
0: disagree. I don't think he had a, a wrapping motion at all.
1: Well, I just thought it was sort of lazy, but I didn't think he was his he got his...
0: I thought it was blat- he. He blatantly threw his shoulder in. I don't know whether it actually meets the parameters for a shoulder charge because I don't think he he could get himself in a a stable enough position to be to exert enough power. But he obviously he obviously had enough power or made enough contact to snap his jaw. I he, I think he just got his angle wrong there. Like he was going more across the field, not up the field. Like I think if he if he went up the field and got square and and went to Corey inside hip, like he would have actually had a, a decent position to be able to to tackle Corey Oates front on and get the ball, or at least hit under the ball. A lot of people are going, well, he couldn't have tackled low there because he, he was so close to the line. Well, I disagree with that because if he actually went up the field and even chopped at the hip, he would have been able to just... Oates would have fallen over. He wouldn't have got over the try line. So, yeah, i will probably got a differing view to some. Um, but that that's my opinion. I, I've watched it a few times. I think it was lazy. It was ineffective what he did, and it's cost him. It not only costs him on the night, but it's going to cost him three weeks. And I love Drinkwater. I think he's an excellent oh, yeah, player. He just, it was a split-second decision. It was lazy. He got it wrong. He probably didn't want to, he didn't want to be the bloke that runs past the tackle, so he nah. lazily sort of turned and jumped. got was, a shoulder into his head. It was, it was very It was,
1: it was uh, ugly. But I look at that one and go, grade three shoulder charge. I yeah, think the grade Don't three...
0: start comparing, man. No, but I, that's in. my
1: point. The way they get their charges, I looked at mm. them and thought, well, I think it's more a result of the injury that you've gone grade three, which we know yeah. the injury does play a factor in it. Because yeah. the week before, Rapana absolutely fucking flattened him, could have smashed his face in, was allowed mm. to play on the whole game, didn't get 10 minutes, and then after the game, he's ruled out for a month.
0: Yeah.
1: And I thought that had a lot more intent than what Drinkwater did. So mm. just find the gradings have been interesting in that regard. That's all. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm not but I, I don't condone what he did. I don't defend I him. just
0: don't want to try and make sense of it, that's all.
1: Hiku's crusher wasn't great. And I think, no surprise, they took early guilty pleas on both. So Drinkwater's going to miss three games instead of four. And Drinkwater's going to miss two games. Oh, sorry, Hiku's going to miss two games now. But yeah. Hiku,
0: for Brisbane, Hiku lost his head a little bit, didn't he?
1: Yeah, he certainly got involved in the contest and tried to ramp up a little bit. But I think for Brisbane, it was another impressive performance on two fronts. They conceded early. Um, they solidified. They rolled really well through the middle. Like Carrigan and Haas, and that again were great. And then I, I guess just one to seven, you add Walsh in and see how dynamic they are. And I think now the combination of me, like we talked last year about getting Mam in to bring some of that spark and creativity, like a Cody Walker off Reynolds, and allow him just to steer and kick and control. You throw Walsh in there now, and that combination they've struck up already. It makes it even easier for Reynolds to just kick, control, steer, and sort of nullifies any question marks we have over nine. Those two guys can do their work, have a great forward pack, do a job off and provide good service, and then you've just got natural spark across the field. Herbie's individual try at a dummy half to have Staggs, who I still think hasn't even played close to his potential, but on his best day can be outstanding. You know, Arthur's coming back. Mariner, they've got multiple replacements in their squad. Foreign Oates, who's been great for them. Um, They're in a really good position. This is sort of, I guess, why when we previewed them we both said they could be a top four side, but the question marks was more around the off season noise a couple of injuries a couple of contracts talk around kevy all that stuff sort of worries you but talent wise if this is what's going to be delivered across the year and they get to the origin period there's no reason they shouldn't be a top four football team yeah that's the scary part here um but for the cowboys oh, I guess how they handle this from here um, will be the interesting part because i I have a big rap on Tom Chester I've seen a lot of him. He's junior footy, he's only got a few little tastes off the bench, but he get we get a full dose this week of him playing fullback. So yeah. I'm interested to see that. Um the centre is former Bronco and veteran who's been to Newcastle as well, Shibasaki, who obviously went over to Jap Rugby and left for a little bit and come back. So I was I was wondering if it was going to be Elliot or a reshuffle or who they'd bring in there. So um interested to see him sort of play there. But for them, um, you know, a couple of weeks there to manage particularly at the one's a big thing, so Real opportunity for this kid who they've got huge wraps on. i am interested to see how he fills in. Mm. Uh, But for Brisbane, strength to strength, I guess. And to move on this week, they play the Dragons. Dragons surprised a lot of people last week. They're up at Suncorp. They essentially put them out of commission last year. I'd expect them to continue their winning ways and potentially... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. especially given the circumstances, want to be a little bit ruthless this week, or I'd like to think they're going to be a little bit ruthless this week, but the way, like I said, Mam and Oates, oh, sorry, not Mam and Oates, Oates and Walsh sort of linked up and created them. The the numbers that Walsh creates just with his speed across the ground. It's one of those guys, again, where when there's a three-on-three three or a four-on-four four, and the way he gets across the defender, it just makes the outside man sort of create doubt. and Whether he was playing long or short, he was just creating numbers left, right, and center for himself. Yeah. Um That going forward, like I said, with him and MAM, that forward pack and taking a little bit of responsibility off Reynolds and just letting him do what he does best, which is game manage. Uh, That's a scary thought if that forward pack stays healthy as well. Now we move on from that one. Roosters Warriors. um, uh, This one for me. The the Warriors, I think, deserve a little bit of credit. Um, I think they're their own worst enemy in the end, but to lose forward early... They lost chance. Curran went down early second half. They were down three. They kept turning up. I thought, a of old in this situation caught 50 or 60 points. They don't defend the way they do, which is more a reflection of what I said last week about Webby and what he brings on the defensive side of the ball and what he would be asking of these players and if they're going to buy in. And given who they had, the circumstances they're in, they lost the penalty count, they got hammered in the ruck infringements, they made a lot of errors and added on to their own problems. But... The Warriors of old would have got absolutely obliterated in these circumstances, Mm. and they just did not go away. And in the end, I actually felt that they they let this one go. I thought they They did. They had their
0: chances, particularly late. I thought, like you just mentioned, they had long periods of time there where they just they were their own worst enemy. They They didn't. They were so resilient. They they didn't get uh, the rub of the green in some respects, but they were resilient. They defended hard, and they just kept showing up. Like they. They were only beaten late. Mm. Like Dylan Walker uh, kicked the ball down on play five when it really looked like they had the Roosters on the rack and then yeah. he dropped one later on.
1: Johnson threw a lot of ball on the ground on that sort yeah. of shape where they kept playing. They were similar
0: to Parramatta. Like I, I felt like they were coming to get the Roosters at the end, similar to how Parramatta were coming to get Cronulla, but they just they could never execute. And the few and times
1: the they stopped playing, like I said to you, I sort of found it interesting. If it wasn't off Tahu, mm-hmm. it was off Johnson. Doing those long side shifts all the time, either jamming in the middle or then jumping on the back of it. But the few times they just swap play when they look like they'll go on sideways and turn back under, I got them both their tries. Yeah. So they played that kind of two out balls, tip back in like that basketball style pass. Johnson tips onto Egan, and then the second one across field again. Roosh just turn out hard, drop near Corander, who finds Fennell Blake under the post. The two times they changed direction, yeah, they found success. So, um, but yeah, given the reshuffle and what they were missing. like Tohu was huge, 60 tackles, one missed. the amount of touches and the quality de- uh, delivered. Murata, I thought was really good as well. Barnett, I know we've said it a million times before about like Warriors teams, but the early Warriors teams that I remember were successful always had one crazy Australian forward in their forward pack, mm-hmm. Just one loose cannon. Barnett certainly fits that mold, but yeah, I think so far proven to be like a, re- a really good thing for that forward pack. Yeah. Um, I thought he was good again on the weekend and um, Egan first two games has been great for them as well disappointed a little bit from the first week as to where the halves were at like I said Johnson put four or five balls down on the ground on some of those plays where I think if a pass hits or things go right they, they probably have a chance to, to do a bit more damage but for the Roosters uh, full credit to them missing a lot of forwards that we talked about that's the main reason I got on the Warriors bandwagon this week that pack and what they rotated off their bench I didn't have a lot of confidence that they'd be able to hold up but you know, their back five was good. They held, uh, you know, obviously executed when they got those few opportunities. Bolo gets the double. Um, Sawali did his best to blow that try out where he swerved away and obviously threw it back inside on what was a really nice pass from Luke Keery. But I guess for them, just at the moment, again, injury toll, lots of guys off the back of the World Cup. You'll just take a win in any form you can. Yeah. It certainly wasn't pretty and it wasn't impressive, but it's a win. 100%. Um, and they copped a lot last week, so if they get a few troops back, I'll be interested, but man, Marcelo Montoya must be one of the scariest people to tackle because he has no regard for his, his body. <laughs> he absolutely fucking drilled Brandon Smith. Brandon Smith was off and done for the day. Thought he hurt a rib, which was the rib that he got popped last week by Felice Confuci. Apparently hit him that hard. It shifted somewhere into his back, so you can thank Marcelo for that. He left someone else on the ground at a different point in the game. I think it might have been one of the Butcher brothers, but that bloke has zero regard for himself physically when he carries the football. Mm. Um, but I, I reiterate the point I made in the season preview for me. I don't care where they finish on the ladder this year. For me this is a big year just establishing what they want to be, who they are, sifted out a couple of guys did not want to be there, promoted a couple more, seen a couple of kids I like in their flagged uh sorry, their cup set up. A couple of those guys who tried, like Laban and that as well, who aren't playing there quite yet. Just turn it over naturally, produce your own, get a couple of key guys in like they're doing with a bar net and that and I think this could be really fruitful in a few years, time. Um, and done, again, the right way. Not forcing money out there mm. risking, you know, things or ha- having to get people over who are coming purely for that. Producing your own, having that good base of New Zealand players and then getting a couple of quality Aussies or foreign guys in and around that just to complement what you've got internally. Yeah. Um, so, if they buy and, like you said, what, what Webby does and what he asked for I think they, they could be a really really good club in the next few years and head in the right direction but um, yeah Roosters get a couple of troops back I, I can't really judge them yet until we actually see like we said more of those guys in the field and a bit more foot under their belt mm-hmm. it's a bit hard with that forward pack moving on from that one Redcliffe Raiders Or uh, well, sorry one last bit of news I guess on that one Roosters all the talk this week was about Tedesco Swaley this, that, and the other. They've put that to bed. They've had another year on his contract. A lot of talk around what Swali does. He's already accepted a deal for 2024. If you're only 20 years old next year, 21 years old, surely you can wait around for a couple more years if you're in a quality system. If it comes down to money and position, anyone who's questioned at the end of the day who they'd let go, they're not going to let Tedesco go. Mm. They'll let the kid go. Whether it's Union or Cat, whatever it is, but I don't even know why it's a question. I think it's pretty obvious what they'd do. Yeah. They're not going to be held hostage by anybody if that's the case, but if the fact he's already accepted that extra year again and has been there for a couple of years now, I think he probably sees it in his best interest that he's in the right place. So, yeah. see how that pans out. And they've also released one of their players and have officially announced Nathan Brown about an hour ago. So, Nathan Brown has left Parramatta. He was released today. He's now part of the Rooster squad. And they've released one of their really good, young, promising forwards, who I've heard is going to the Sharks, which is no surprise, because that's where Craig Fitzgibbon is. So... Uh, Tuku, the young man, Taapua, will be heading to Cronulla Sharks, apparently. Mm-hmm. So wait for that one to be announced in the next few days. But he's out. Brown's in for mm-hmm. the rest of this season for uh, the Roosters. Uh, moving on. Raiders, Redcliffe. This one, interesting. But Dolphins, mate. Redcliffe. I keep writing Redcliffe the, down because I think Redcliffe, Dolphins. But you the can't, Dolphins. You can't say I know Redcliffe, the Redcliffe mate. people and the Morton Bay people in particular would prefer they be called Redcliffe. But yeah. the Dolphins, mate, they've done it again. Uncle Wayne and his band of merry men 20-14 to 14. crazy finish this one in terms of the sin binnings and not everyone's happy A little bit of debate around uh, both decisions and also around the Tom Gill one some people thought it was a try some people thought it was a push and it shouldn't have been a try O'Sullivan's oh, one did he milk it did he hit him in the head should have been a sin bin Hudson Young people arguing they're saying it's a try scoring situation but it's not really broken play you see people offside are not doing that all the time would you have binned him what did you think about this game
0: yeah, look, the, the two seam bins were howlers, both of them. Uh, the conditions played a, a part in this game. The Dolphins just hung around. To their credit, they they tackled well, they kicked well, and yeah, they were just... did enough to keep themselves in the game at the back end, and then they were good enough to, to win it. In Canberra, look, I think conditions prior to the rain hitting, I think... Canberra looked strong. They they were you know out gaining the Dolphins. I thought they were winning the middle of the field. They were winning field position. But as the weather got worse, progressively worse as the match went on, I felt like the Dolphins probably played the conditions a little bit better. Even when we look at the tries off kicks, um, I think Sebastian Chris dropped one and and yeah, then the other one was the same Tom- I thought Tomoko just. Should have kicked it dead. So it was just two grubbers that Canberra could have solved. Uh, and yeah, the, the the Dolphins just put themselves in the contest. Uh, it was a fairly even match I felt, but the the weather I thought the Dolphins played the conditions a lot better, and that was probably the difference in the end. Even though it was it was looking well, it was looking very much like the Dolphins were going to win comfortably when Hudson Young was sinbin, which I. Yeah, as I've already stated, I thought it was a poor call. And then the O'Sullivan one, like that was twice as bad as the Hudson Young one, just to seem in him after a, a what looked to be um, I didn't think um, I and,
1: and he sort of just turned.
0: Yeah, like I've got no doubt Harawira and I are cop one. Mm. But, I mean, who initiated the contact?
1: That's what man. I thought he sort of arrived at a similar time. Like, it wasn't drastically late or dramatised and he sort of turned like yeah right.
0: but Sully like Sully can't disappear no there. that's what I'm
1: saying I'm saying he can't disappear so, and I don't think he was late I thought it was sort of
0: I think they both probably had a role in initiating the contact it, but I didn't think it was a sin bit. Sully's probably thinking well I'm going to hold you up from your kick chase Corey's probably thinking well I'm going to run India and dive and hope that I can milk a penalty which is what, what happened like and people can comment all they like but that happens on every kick chase every kick chase the chasing team is trying to find an escort trying to find someone who will get in their way and they can fall over yeah. and put the referee under pressure. That's what they do. That's mm. what teams do. They're looking, particularly at the back end of the game.
1: But again, you are rewarded, and it, it keeps well, happening. that's, and that's thing the thing, about right? the AHA, so. so,
0: the players are dealing with the constraints that are set by the referees mm. and the referees just fell into and it. And they'll yeah.
1: do anything they can to win. Yeah. So of course they will. That got them the penalty goal to equalise it and then in the end, as we know, we said again, uh, Sullivan's kicking game, certainly in the rain, was much better to the conditions and took advantage of that and, uh, the last play was huge, but I think more particularly the fact they had 12 on the field. Sullivan was off the field, and it was the young man, Katala, who yep. took that moment. Digs into the line, nice double pump, stays square, sort of gets Tomoko to bite him when he's probably not required, and there's just a yawning out there for the hammer to score that, try to wrap things up. So yeah, I think we've learned one thing, and again, I'd happily probably admit, underestimated it altogether. Wayne Bennett teams do all the simple things right, and then they just add... <laughs> to that from natural ability. So
0: He's done a wonderful job. And just a
1: lot of credit. They're completing. They're competing. You know, they're just getting into the cycle side of things. They're not giving up cheap ball. They're not giving away opportunities. All the small things. And then you add in again, like given the circumstances and like they said, you don't wanna blow you know, cash or sign someone necessarily or go too hard. You wanna get the right players in for the time period and start transitioning, which like we've talked about, we're gonna see heavy turnover the first two years. We already know that Herbie Flegger are coming. They're happy to invest in those couple of Melbourne boys to set up their culture regardless where they are. And anyone who's watched the doing of the Dolphins, the first thing he says to Jesse Bromwich on the phone is if you're thinking you can't get through another three pre-seasons, you don't have to worry about that mm. because I'm not here to flog you. I need you to be a leader. I yeah. need you here for other reasons. So, you know, getting the right people for those things, again, probably all sort of underestimated. But if you would have looked at it outside in, again, for the individuals and some of the names... A lot of guys with a point to prove. A lot of guys you probably look at and go, eh. But clearly, they're buying into what he's selling. And that's the one thing he's done very, very well his whole career. He brings the best out of people. And one of the boys that I played with who has been coached by him twice essentially said what I've said before. It's not even so much the coaching. It's how he makes you feel as a person. And what he brings to you in, in that regard generally gets people to be the best version of themselves or the happiest version of themselves, which generally leads them playing their best football. Yeah. And he makes some people believe, again, not, not through much ego, but just to that general feeling that they're much better than what they are, Yeah, and then they deliver for him. So um, I'm, I still don't think it's going to be sustainable with the depth they've got. And again, it's already challenged this week with Marshall King suspended for what was a pretty ugly tackle. Um, but you look at the hooker situation now already, you're going to have probably Cody nikorima and then maybe that Donahue kid off the bench or if Stone's back, I'm not sure, I haven't seen the teams yet. Sort of sharing that role. But if they do get an injury or two along the way, that's probably their biggest question mark.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we've already seen them debut Mason Teague on the weekend, Donahue last week, Guitar last week. They're going to get those guys in, get them taste early, get them games at a time, not only for future benefits, but also for what is going to be a long year. So uh, full credit to him, Another great result. And for Canberra, I just think heartbreak, two weeks in a row. Yeah, They shot, like last Last week, the Cowboys were excellent in terms of how they controlled them in the first half, but they had a chance in the second half. Couldn't quite get done. Double road trip to Queensland to come up empty-handed in two close games. Hurts. <laughs> but they go home this week 0-2 with another hard game against the Sharks, but I'm sure they'd want to get a win at home yep. after what has been uh, a hard road trip. But I thought Jack was pretty good. The other one who I thought was really good last week, good again this week, um, very lucky that he isn't injured, is Corey Horsberg. He was... Uh, he was pretty good.
0: And I thought their bench, yeah, were really yeah, good the
1: Raiders. he was good. Uh, Tarpany, and they've unfortunately lost Arta Moriota. He's broke his hand, so I think he's going to be out six to eight weeks. I'd expect yeah. probably a Mooney to push into the squad. But, yeah, on, on the other side, you know, Hammers had a pretty good two weeks. Sullivan, I thought for the conditions, was perfect. Um, Gilbert thought he was going to be a good boy. He was good again. And Nichols was pretty good uh, in terms of what he gave off the bench. So, leaving that one behind. Dogs 26-12 over Melbourne. Bellamy was absolutely filthy afterwards, but you know, full credit to the Bulldogs. I think the biggest thing to take out of this one for me is just a change in their attack. Watched them the first week and thought, it's the same old shit. Get to a point, shift here, very predictable. Struggled in yardage. Kraz was the only one who was over 100 metres or made any impact. The other night felt like they are actually playing a bit of eyes-up football or playing to space and a bit more physical. Everybody in the back five chipped in. They were helping out. Crowds in that regard. They got a lot of second phase. They played off, off like they actually played some footy. Mm. It didn't seem so bogged down. Um, and, you know, Melbourne completed well early and were in it. And obviously they're missing some troops, but the, the dogs certainly took advantage and, in particular.
0: Well, they were disciplined enough to hold the footy to be able to do that mm.
1: and play some good football. Um, but I guess. Yeah, how do you
0: play good footy if you're fatigued and you don't know, have yeah. the
1: ball? They really took advantage of that edge with Tonopopah and Anderson, which was obviously. Yeah. A big worry, and it's what I talked about last year at the back end when they had those players out, when you're getting guys outside your 30 for an exemption, they're not in your 30 for a reason. Mm. And that's, you know, the finish finishing one occasion in particular was absolutely outstanding, but the the ones that are unacceptable and really got Bellamy pissed off with Drake, regardless of who you're missing, when Harry Grant and Nelson are standing there at dummy half and Avarillo basically just falls out of the line, that stuff's unacceptable. Yeah, definitely. No, regardless of who you're missing, but... Uh, Out of that, another blow. Nelson, eight weeks now, I think, with a medial. Mm. So six to eight, that's a huge loss. I think they've named a couple of those guys for turn this week, and they're going to need all of them. Um, I honestly, after watching that game, got into the headspace of the opposite of what I said the week one, that I didn't want to move Meany. But after seeing that edge together, I was like, look, I'd have to shuffle Meany to center or wing, one of those positions he's played before, and get an exemption for the kid's sewer to come in and play fullback just because that edge was... You can't leave that the way it was. Yeah. Um, and even a half, I know they're saying that it, they haven't been completely happy with him, but he plays a bit of centre-back, right? Like, you, you have to try something different. You can't reach for that exemption again for the next few weeks and keep that the way it was. Yeah. Um, but I think Sims was on the radar. Tui should be close, so that'd be two middles, which definitely you need if you're going to lose Welch. Oh, sorry, you're going to lose Nelson. Um, we know Munster's going to be a few more weeks away, Papenhausen's a while away, but... Um, the outside back case, the the one I'm really waiting for because he just brings stability is Olam. Yeah. But he was listed for round six, so yeah, interested to see what they name. But, um, you know, like this was probably one of the best games Flanagan's played as well.
0: Oh, I thought he was very good. Carras yeah, was, was
1: outstanding. Um, I know. was
0: shocked that Flanagan in pole deli M points.
1: Well, who did they? Uh...
0: Carras got all of them. I mean, then it was. Um... The prop and the back rower. I was I was shocked Harry Grant didn't poll either. I thought he was he did enough to get um a couple of points, uh, a point.
1: Well Carraz got both three, so he got six. Max yeah. King got two. He had a big night almost two hundred metres. Preston got two starting a lock there. Avarillo got a point and Hayes Perham got a point. So they obviously like what their back five did. One positive for me, there's not many to take it as a Melbourne fan, the combination between Hughes and Katoa getting a bit better. I think, as I said before, Katoa, once he's been settled in for a month, six weeks, and hopefully mm. those guys come back, I think he'll be really handy Yeah, for Melbourne. But full credit to the dogs, it's a good bounce back, um, you know, and things will get more comfortable. But if you back five help out crowds the way they did the other night, that's a really good start. Makes it easy while they're missing Pungai Jr. Um, and obviously, Thompson, who's going to be out for a little bit longer, but. Yeah, they, they certainly lifted. Oh, I sort of looked at it last week and who Melbourne was missing and just thought the middles would hurt them more than anything, but they more than aimed up there and they certainly helped in the backfield, so interesting. I uh, Still still a bit iffy on like what I've seen from Burton so far, mm, if I'm agree. being honest. And that's probably the more worrying thing, but um, we'll see how the year plays out and Reed's obviously been outstanding for them so far as well, so moving on from that one, uh, we've got the Tigers-Newcastle game, honestly. This one's hard to talk about because 14-12, second week in a row at Leichhardt, both what should have been games that you'd look at and go, all right, this will get us off to a good start. They lose Pong in the first set. They lose Brayley after 15 minutes. So you've lost a half and you're nine. They have a sin binning for 10 minutes for Hastings. Then they have Safidi sent off for of 15 to go. So you've had 25 minutes against 12 players and they've lost two spine players. mm And they just looked hapless, running, shifting from sideline to sideline without laying any sort of impact or getting any sort of momentum. The amount of times where Dewey or Brooks just drifted across field looking to pick someone up with a set line that was just waiting and not biting because there was no reason to bite. How hapless it looked in attack was probably more scary. But again, to think you could get all those things sort of go in your favor and barely come up with points and the try at the end which got them a sniff was a front row crash over. Yeah. Um, and the only sort of craft that came was from a very frustrated RP Kaurasau who multiple times put his hands up both ways and looked around and had no options. Mm. But just simple deception a few times or some turn on plays or digging a little bit almost led to some points. Uh, it's sort of leaves you a little bit mind-blowing, but they had an extra 10 sets. They only completed at 63%. They made 18 errors. They won the penalty count 11-4. I just there could not be anything else go your way and you still don't win Yeah, and that's probably the more frustrating part like we're talking about and then to see what unfolded after the game with that whole situation again not knowing the full story like I can cast a little bit frustrated this, that and the other I don't know but more reports they were in the rehab group together last year because I hurt. he texted me the other week saying it's great to see you back on the field so whether that was just a bit of frustration coming out, but the whole clever thing again I just
0: well he certainly wouldn't have greeted him like that if he hadn't have Knocked him out. Mm. Well, not knocked him out, but I don't. No, I know it just, wasn't
1: intentional, but yeah, maybe he was a bit frustrated. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just this one for me. I so, but, it again.
0: but I find it a difficult one for um, for Hastings because if he doesn't go over and apologise, like, well,
1: well, I think he's done the right thing in my opinion. Like, yeah, but so of. what
0: I'm saying is, what like is he not supposed to go over and apologise?
1: Well. That's sort the of thing. If he think, the game's over. If he thinks he's his mate, game's which over. the time the time, time to be tough field.
0: and the time to be aggressive was on the field.
1: Yeah. And that's probably the point there again for Clamo, like, rather than be a tough guy after the game, where were you doing the game? Yeah. I don't certainly remember him having an absolute burning. Yeah, I don't
0: of... I don't want to like single anyone out or bag anyone. I I just thought it was it probably summed up their frustration. And it summed up just that their energy is being applied to the wrong areas. Mm. For time like Hard one for Tommy to lay. I get it, but I think he will look back and feel as though he could have handled that a lot better. And hopefully someone's had that conversation with him so it doesn't happen again. Like, whether it's Sheens or Benji or whoever whoever it is, someone's got to just grab him and say, look, kid, come on.
1: Well, I think his press conference, I didn't say it, completely, but I think they said Sheens was a bit frustrated with everything that happened as well. Not hearing his own players, but...
0: With Newcastle.
1: Saying that, you know, if I was knocked out or that, something out there, he wouldn't have been happy either, etc. So I think they sort of fed into it a bit, which is probably not where I'd want to go. After going zero 2 I think I probably would rather focus, some excuses for your players. Focus yeah. on the footy, and or you again, just
0: hope that the the topic of conversation is different behind closed doors. What is so. what said publicly and what's said behind closed doors are
1: often two different things. But I think big concern for me here, Pong, I, I wasn't a fan of him moving to the front line anyway because I don't think he's at a point where he's exactly slowed down or you know anything to make me think okay, you can't play fullback, but you've invested one point four million dollars a year into somebody who hasn't really delivered for you yet. Had four or five KOs, I think, last year, or HIA's finished up the season where they rested him because it was basically pointless playing him. Mm. He's already had two and two weeks. And it's not going to get any better while he's playing the front line and he's going to be making 30 or 40 tackles a week.
0: So what's the plan? Has the club come out and articulated a plan?
1: I don't know, but this is my point again. I know he's not immune to it if he's playing fullback, but he's obviously a lot safer if he's not making 40 tackles again.
0: I think that was one of the key things that we we spoke about in there. And he's not old,
1: and he hasn't slowed down. Like Lockie, when people go, "Ah, oh, Lockie did Lockie transition after on a decade." I
0: didn't even really think about taking no. into account. He's had knocks,
1: but when they bring up that side of things, like Lockie was ten years in the yeah, greatest not, fullback ever. And it's not a comparison. No, no. But people say, oh, you switch because he did." Like I don't care. Could he switch at some point? Yeah, but is he at a point where I'm looking at him going the abilities of what he brings? But at the game,
0: back? the game's also changed. a lot. halves are targeted a lot more now. Hundred percent. You want to get to the halves. and they're making their tackle having to, sorry, they're having to make a lot more tackles. Mm. So that's that's something that's severely changed but, or drastically changed between the period where Lockyer moved to five eight and the and way
1: he got, got slept though, for me, he's not playing for at least the next two weeks. I don't I don't know. I don't like there's no way they could've named it this week. No. But if he's already gone back to back and he had two knocks the week before, one like you said, where he sort of got up and didn't get called for it, and then he had the second one that he was pissed off about, where his head got jammed, mm. and now he's been mm. KO'd. Well yeah, I find it very hard and this is the point I made about recruitment decisions, right? So you've brought Lachlan Miller over to make this move happen for a guy that's 28 and plays rugby sevens. I really like Lachlan Miller, but it's a three-year deal. But you've also done mm. that knowing that you've brought Will Price the next year, who's a really good young player whose preferred position is supposedly fullback. Mm. So now you've got three guys, in particular one that you've put all your money into who you've now exposed in the front line, who's copped two head knocks in two games yeah. and has had six in a short space of time the last two years and a safer spot for him to avoid that extra contact, even though he may have 20 touches a game, he's having as many in the front line as a half anyway, is to play one. Yeah. So if that is your transition to you go, all right, maybe we can safeguard him a little bit. He's not immune, but he goes back there, and that to me is still his best position. Well, then what do you do with Lockie Miller and Will Price? Will Price comes, you've got Hastings there, you could potentially play him at six, but now you've got Miller for two more years on pretty good money to do what? Mm. You stick him on a wing. You just traded for a Greg Margeau and extended him. So I just look at all the recruitment areas, and we talk about it and we look at their roster that they're short middles, mm. and I'm like, I don't, I don't quite understand the planning here for succession timing or keepers. Like, you got potentially three really good fullbacks next year. but You don't need three really good fullbacks, and you shorten your middles, and you shorten halves depth and options. Or genuine half, and you rolled through a few last year. Mm. Like I just the planning or the whole thing, I doesn't make sense. in like, did he initiate playing six this time? Again, like he did the first time? Was it the club? Like I don't I don't understand. And if that's the case, I go back to the same point I made again. He's already got too much power, I think they already bowed down. I wouldn't have paid him what they would paid him, and I wouldn't have let him dictate terms the way he did. But in this circumstance right now, if I'm them, I'd be going to him going, You're gonna fullback. Yeah. For your own sake in that regard, and he never should have moved at this point early. It's too early. So uh, I don't know. But uh, I thought for them, why it was ugly, there was a lot of resilience in that, and I'd be pretty happy if I was O'Brien. I, I know there's nothing to really ride on or hang on and go, wow, that's that was such a, a big thing. But to defend 25 minutes with 12 players, to go through those circumstances, to lose two spine players. Crossland come on, did a really good job. He had plenty of traffic running him, him. Um, held up pretty good there in the middle. Gagai's return, you know, I thought he had a pretty good game. Miller was busy as always. Daniel Safidi was pretty good. His brother obviously had that ugly moment that, again, people talked about today in terms of disagreeing with, like, gradings and that. Like, for me, it, it was more a reactionary thing, but it was ugly. Yeah. Like, you stick your arm out, you act, But, you know, that, that was graded as a high, a high three reckless five matches.
0: Yeah, I don't think it was reckless.
1: So that's I why think I'm it was question. careless. I don't think it was reckless either. But that's why I'm looking at the gradings now going, in terms of the result, the injury, and the look of it, it seems like that's what they're throwing the grading at now. So if you went back last year even, which is not that long ago and go okay, what was anything reckless last year or what was careless, like the gradings to me are confusing. It's like you're throwing that out there more for the result of what happened. Yeah. I certainly didn't like the look of what happened, but that wasn't reckless intent flying in from the side with a big clothesline. Yeah. It's a small man ducking back on his inside when he's already got a hand on someone and he's sort of passed him and he hangs out the coat hanger. Obviously gives him a decent whack and he slams his head in the ground and he's out cold. It's it's not good. But the grading sort of gets me a little bit confused in that regard. But he's missing five matches now, so yeah. um, that's a big time area. And then from top of them, from that, Brazil come out with a bit of a knock. I don't know if he's been named. Jack John's come out with a bit of a knock. Don't know whether he's been named. And they've already got a couple of injuries. And Ponga definitely won't be playing. And, and Braley's was a pretty heavy knock as well, so hmm. could be an interesting week for them. Tigers side of things, like we talked about, all those advantages, everything going your way, I... You know, I think the one highlight for me was seeing Brandon Tumuth get his debut game. Good kid, much like Matt and a few of those other guys coming to the system. Going to play a lot more for the Tigers, but um, you know, hopefully enjoyed that occasion, had friends and family there. But in terms of the result and, and the circumstances, not not the greatest game to debut in when you can't exactly grab the result under the, you know what was presented to him. Mm. You would have liked to have think you get the job done when you get twenty five minutes against 12 players. Yeah. So uh, Bateman possibly this week couple of guys missing. Simkin, I definitely won't be playing this week after what happened to him, surely. Um, Talia, broke a nose and a concussion. I don't know if he'll be available, but expect a few changes this week um, in terms of what the Tigers have player-wise. And the last one we've got here is the Dragons-Titans game. Uh, this one, just pretty confusing. To be honest, I thought it started off good contest, a little bit of back and forth, and then the Titans obviously got on top. Had a couple of moments there where I thought, well, that's pretty soft defense. Like Brimson looks like he's locked up, breaks three, throws one over the top to Carn Perera. Pereira. The dummy half one from Vero as you look at it and go, okay, twelve two. Not good. Little bit of signs of what you sort of saw that South Sydney Charity Shield game, where just a little bit easier through the middle, but then late there was just a surge just before half time. Yeah. Where the dragons sort of just break you guys down. Like I think Liu gets isolated in the middle, and Fafita's the only marker. Sloan from dummy half goes straight up the guts and tips to Little. Um, hunt off the Lomax offload, similar deal to the try that you guys got for a Brimson. Mm. Looks like it shut down and the ball comes out and dives his way in and then the error with 45 seconds to go to take the ball into a touch and um, they find that try on a short side where they, they had three men mm. and they all sort of tightened in and Sully just throws a pass to Ravelar to fall over like that should never happen. Um, but they managed to get in 18-12 which was Absolutely crazy, but second half, sort of, just, again, uh, pretty soft and bringing back what we sort of worry about. The week-to-week differences where last week I looked and thought you guys were pretty resilient defensively. yeah, And this week there was no resilience. Um, Sloan crashed through for a second off a pretty simple tip on. Blake Laurie, just a simple couple of long passes back to the middle of the field. A couple of guys ball-watching turned out and he goes straight through the middle under the posts. Um, yeah, he ends up... I think he hooked up Boyd, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, three or four yeah. errors. And mate, I turned I turned it off. All wasn't f- a great day. Filthy. verrill has got a shoulder injury. Hopefully, that's nothing.
0: <clears throat> I turned it off.
1: Major, but um, I was angry, mate. Yeah, it was it was very different to last week, and then I you know I can't do it. Back into the game, Tino crashes over late, but it's it's too far gone, and he obviously gave Campbell some minutes, but yeah, uh, I I I took the same thing I take out of a lot of Titans games, unfortunately, and that's that I looked at a guy like. At Tino and I looked at a guy like AJ Brimson and I thought, well, I hope this is not the story of another season for a couple of guys that are obviously there for the long term will deliver most weeks, yeah. In particular, Tino, but with um, the Dragons, I guess the only thing you can say is congratulations because they've they've copped it. It's been a bad off season, bad trials, a lot of press at the back end of last year. Talk around hook, not a great start, but uh, they rolled way too easily. Yeah. I think the meter difference mm-hmm. was like eighteen hundred or eleven hundred or something like that. They. Got second phase. Their bench did a good job. Starters did a good job. Their OBs contributed with plenty of yards. Sullivan, um, you know, he, he was okay. They got him once defensively, I think. Their Hunt was exactly what you'd expect as normal uh, on his side of things in terms of the way he played. Um, Laurie really leads that pack. And, and I think for Sloan, I was probably most happy. Um, rough sort of time for him. We heard all the stuff that he wanted out things weren't the greatest. They've apparently made peace and had a chat, him and uh, Hook Griffin and we saw him in tears after that Charity Shield game but he had a really good game the other night. Mm-hmm. So, again, I hope the lesson out of this is that he sticks with Sloan Sullivan, gives those guys some time and a moan if he's back off the stand-down policy now what contribution he makes or if he can fit them all in somehow, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I think the way forward for them is that and then you see Couchman get a debut who played in that New South Wales ends game last week. They've extended him and his brother for two years this year. It's it's sort of the point we've been making the whole time. Get away from the old dead wood and recycling guys and getting guys on shitty check contracts. Get your kids in and start to move forward. Mm. So, good result for the Dragons and really tough test this week up against the Broncos. And for the Titans, they go play the Storm at home <laughs> uh, pending the lineups. Probably a good time to get them, but interesting nevertheless. Again, two weeks, very, very different performance was. You know it. But there you go. That wraps up the reviews of the games from the weekend. Let's do our tips and preview. Thanks to bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anyone, make sure you do it with the True Blue Bookie. Download the app today or visit the website and the offer is still there between rounds one and four. Six points up at half time, and you get paid maximum uh, up to $100 on your first head-to-head bed in each match. Terms and you can apply. Gamble responsibly. Uh, let's look at the lineups for this one. We kick off Thursday night. Eagles up against Eels at Four Pints Park. And I think there's only one change expected here. Off the bye. And that's the return of Josh Schuster, which will push Cooper Johns back into the reserves. Lachlan have got a head knock round one, but he's right to play for Parramatta. Sivo was charged but only received the fine so he's good to go. Brad Arthur has picked the same 17 and it'll be one more week until they get back Ryan Madison and can start to uh, make a bit of change there. Uh, Manly at Manly. Schuster back in. I think it's been a a tough couple of weeks for Parra and again, I've been worried about those edges. This game really worries me about those edges. I think it's a mismatch in the back row.
0: Yeah, I'll go. Manly at Brookie.
1: Yeah. Um, this one is going to be very interesting to watch in that regard. And I think Schuster getting that look and what they've worked on. Cherivans is really, really good week one. Cooper John's done his job, but we saw in the trials sort of what Schuster brought to that left edge. And the bookies at bluebet.com.au agree. A sixty-seven favorite are the Sea Eagles, Two twenty for para, Minus three and a half is the line there. Knights Dolphins is the early game on Friday night. And in terms of changes for this one, we know that Marshall King is suspended. He misses two games there. So Cody Nicarima has been named. Start a hookup. Raystone returns on the bench, so possibly share that role. Teague, who debuted, moves out into 18th man. And for Newcastle, it's not pretty. Safidi, obviously, suspended. Five weeks. Braley ruled out. Ponga ruled out. And Tyson Vrizzell's ankle, he's also ruled out. So Tyson Gamble. We'll move into six next to Hastings. Phoenix Crossland goes into hooker. Jack Hetherington will start at prop. Brody Jones comes into the starting side um, at back row after being 18th man last week. Leo Thompson starts at lock and basically a brand new bench. Dylan Lucas is on the bench. Jack Johns is cleared of his ankle injury. Matt Croker is back from suspension. And Ryan Rivett, who cleared. was... Who? Jack Johns cleared. His ankle Yeah. Yeah, right. And Ryan Rivett gets a debut. This was a kid that was playing Jersey flag and only SG ball, I think, last year for the Sharks. Yeah. So that's a hell of a rise. He went up there after being let go by the Sharks in the offseason. He's not in the top 30, as far as I know. So they've obviously got an exemption with all, all the injuries they've got. Yeah. Um, and then their extended squad again. A couple of those kids in there, Oren Keeley, Ben Tolte, Thomas Cant. Um, so, yeah, there's a fair bit there. and Dylan Lucas, I'm pretty sure it's his debut as well. They've had raps on him for a while, but he's had a couple of bad years of injury. They've also now confirmed that Adam Elliott and Kurt Mann are both expected to miss up to four to six weeks. Yeah, well. So they've been hit really hard. Um, So looking at this one, I know that hooker situation is a big one for the Dolphins because I still think Marshall King's highly underrated, but um, that's a a fair bit of change on the other side there in terms of halves, forward pack what they've got there. So I think looking at the stability, probably in the forward pack of the Dolphins, what we've seen so far, and having no Sullivan there to still steer things, I think they'll get this done. Um, Tough task going to Newcastle, their first away trip. Yeah, I'll
0: tip the Dolphins.
1: I just think, yeah, for Newcastle, that's a lot of outs. And that bench, like Dylan Lucas mainly plays outside backs. I think he's a centre winger. So you've got a centre winger, a forward. Johns who's a converted backer, and Ryan Rivett plays halves. So... Mm. Um, It's a it's a fairly interesting week, but I guess when you're missing troops, you're missing troops, and the Knights are the favorite, uh, the outsiders. Sorry, with Bluebet.com.au, as expected, two dollars fifty. The Dolphins, who are sponsored by Bluebet, a dollar fifty three favorite, minus four and a half the line there. Friday night, the blockbuster game that is the Rabbitohs versus the Roosters. Uh, This one, looking forward to it, especially after that crazy game last time with seven sin bins in the finals. There's the return of a few players here. Jared Rhea Hargraves returns in the front row. Smith has been named at nine, despite many thinking um, after last week he may be out. The Butcher brothers stay in the back row. Radley is back in the lock jersey. And the bench, Nefahu White, Ben Thomas, push out of the squad. The bench is Turpin, Hutchison, May, and Baker. Uh, No names there in the extended squad that you'd expect to come in. And for the Rabbitohs, Tertola, returns after that head-knock in round two. Hame Sele also comes on the bench, which gives him another boost in terms of their middle rotation. David Moale goes to the bench. Saluka feeder, drops to the reserves. And Jed Cartwright is 18th man. Uh, well, Jared's coming off hamstring and back problems. Cheese certainly didn't yeah. look healthy to me. Um, the fact that they got a double boost in the middle rotation for South, I think they're... I'm going
0: Seas. I think they'll want to bounce back after last week.
1: I just think they're in better shape as well at this point. I Mm -hmm. I still think the Roosters are a few weeks away from showing their best football. Um, I'm sure they want to respond. I think the record's been pretty poor in recent times against South, But given what we've seen the week before, given what we've seen last week, and then getting a couple of guys back, just health-wise, even I can't really trust Mm -hmm. um, in this game. So hopefully it's a cracker. um, But I'll go with South, much like yourself. And the odds are at BlueBet.com. Two $20 outsiders are... The Roosters, the Bunnies, $1.67 favorite, minus two and a half is the line there. Storm Titans, uh, this one up at Seamus on the Gold Coast, the early Saturday game. There's a few changes there. Brian Kelly returns after a four-match suspension. Uh, He goes into the side. Philip Semi shifts out to the wing. Jojo Fafita has been dropped out of the side. Sam Verrills is out with a shoulder injury. Chris Randall starts and the new face on the interchange Joseph Vuna returns for his first game since 2021 after missing all of last year with an ACL injury and Isaac Fasuma Awi joins his brother uh Tina and he's making his NRL debut on the bench there so a few changes for the Storm Justin Olam has been named to return that really surprises me they said he was going to be out until around 6 uh That's early. Uh, Coates is named for now, but I heard today that they're not really confident, so that'll be interesting to see. Kamika Mika back from a foot injury, and Tarek Sims with his calf has been named on the bench. So a couple of middles there in that quartet to hopefully help out the loss of Nelson for the next eight weeks. Um, They're all saying they need to be cleared before they can play, so that's not really great when you've got clouds over those guys. The other one, there'll be a debut for Jonah Pez at the halfback they extended yeah, well. he's named in the fourteen jersey. It wouldn't surprise me considering they've named him at fourteen if he starts. I don't know why you'd probably carry him in that role if he's not going to start instead of Wishart and put him back to that utility role. Mm. So what would you do? Or would you think maybe they sit him now and then give him some time depending on how the game plays out? I I think as a half. They'd j- probably start with and Wishart and a half, and I thought. And then you'd maybe- move
0: Wishart back to your bench and play him as your utility. Where do you need Richard? Like You don't need Wishart for Grant. You're probably more using him as an OB. Throw him on a lock. Oh, I just, how do you get him into the game I know if he's he, not there playing six?
1: He does all those jobs, but yeah, if you're going to debut a half, who's a genuine half, yeah. I think you'd put just him start him, to, wouldn't
0: you? No, I'd probably put him on after
1: 20. Right. Well, if those players are out looking at the extended bench, they've got Anderson again, who's not in the top 30, Tono Payer, Garlic, Kane Bradley. I don't think any of those guys are in the top 30. So they'd be getting an exemption again. I think Peno's the only one. So... Possibly a couple of guys there. If Tui's ruled out because he's named to start right now, Jordan Grant might have to start or one of those guys that come in. But, yeah, that's it's one thing to name three or four guys. It's a bit scary when you're saying you're awaiting clearance. Mm. So it could be a very different lineup, but I I guess we'll just have to wait and see. And the odds for now with BlueBet.com.au, the Titans are $2.80 outsiders, the Storm $1.44 favorites, minus six and a half is the line. With those clouds, I would not be touching this for the 10-foot pole. No, merely. Because it burnt me last week in the knockout tipping call. I got on the storm. And yeah, not good. You're gone. They're gone. Cowboys Warriors uh, is the 5.30 game. They returned to North Queensland. Tommy Chester moves to fullback, as I said, um, getting that opportunity there. A guy they've had big raps on coming through. He's played lock, he's played halfback. They've sort of turned him into a, a fullback now. Really exciting with the football. Uh, he'll get that opportunity. I drink what is missing. Gemma Hammett Shibasaki gets an opportunity in the centres to replace Petaheku while he's there. Otherwise, there are no changes to that side. They stick solid. And the Warriors, Charles Kluckstad is out with a concussion. Tane Tua gets his debut. So young man who had a great year for Burley last year. Went over on a training trial and has upgraded. Only taken three weeks. He'll be playing his first NRL game. Jackson Ford's also ruled out from his head knock. So Bunty Afua moves into the starting side. Bailey and joins the bench. Josh Curran's under a cloud after a hit pointer. And Jaz Devunga is named in an extended squad and could be called in. And Toe Harris plays his 200th game this week. Mm. Uh, Cowboys up there. Have to go on the Cowboys. I think Chester will still be. Yeah. And we didn't tip the last game. You tipping Storm, sorry? Or Titans. Could you tip, I tip the storm because those players, but again, I, and I'm and I'll
0: t- i tip, tip the Titans.
1: I'm very worried when I'm hearing, oh, they need clearances, that doesn't make me feel good. And then good I'm going
0: to tear the TV off a wall when they lose.
1: Excellent. Uh, you on the Cowboys,
0: what, yeah, Cowboys. What, um, what time's the Titans game on? Titans Three o'clock
1: on Saturday.
0: Oh, that's all right. Our game's been moved to Friday night.
1: There you go. So you got Saturday to watch that one. Happy days. Uh, and the odds with this one with Bluebet.com.au, the Cowboys are a dollar thirty, the Warriors three dollars fifty minus nine and a half. The line there, uh, like I said, Chester's the one from out really looking forward to seeing. And Saturday night finishes off with the Broncos at home at Suncorp to the Dragons. In terms of changes for the Broncos, the only one is Corey Oates, who's had surgery and is looking at at least eight weeks. Jesse Arthur's flips over to that wing. Anthony Griffin has also named the same 17. They do have a pending concussion protocol check, though, on the rookie, Toby Couchman, from last week. If so, uh, on the bench there, they've got some options. Aaron Woods is in there, Amorone. If they wanted to make any changes, Jaden Hunt and Mick Moller. So, see what happens in terms of any rotation. Um, I, like I said before, that one change, going back home, What happened to them last year? I think the Broncos, this is one of those ones again where you need to win and you need to be ruthless. Yep.
0: Agree. Uh, They'll be winning. This will give us a
1: real idea of where the Dragons are at, I think. I don't think last week was a great way to judge, but this will give us an idea of how much uh, last week meant in terms of their performance. And the odds with bluebet.com.au, a $1.28 favorite are the Broncos, 365 the Dragons, minus 11.5 is the line. Sunday, we kick off Dogs and the Tigers uh, at Belmore. And as far as the Dogs are concerned, sticking solid with that team again that beat Melbourne. Pungai Jr. is likely another week away, they've said. Josh Reynolds is back from a groin injury and has been named in the extended squad along with Carl Oluwapu, who we saw week one play quite well And cup. For the Tigers, there's a few changes. Dane Laurie's out with a knee injury. Charlie Staines goes to fullback. Junior Tupo comes onto the wing. Tommy Talao is also out with concussion. He's replaced by Stafford Toa in the centres. Sean Bloor returns from concussion. And Fudu Abole is back from a knee injury. Joe Fahengawi has been pushed to the bench. Uh, Safar is in the reserves. Papali'i is suspended. Jake Simpkin is out with his head knock and replaced by Brandon Wakem. And John Bateman is in the reserves list. Uh, will he be named? We don't know. But for now, now back row has Kapowa and Bloor and Bollet. I'd probably think that Bateman would find his way in there at some point. Surely. If you've bothered naming the reserves, mm. I don't know how much you're throwing off, but... Mm. yeah. Regardless, I'll be sticking with the Bulldogs at Belmore. Me too. Uh, big confidence booster last week. Head back to Belmore for any home fans. Should be a real confidence booster. And... I didn't look at the weather for Sunday, but four o'clock on a Sunday at Belmore should be great conditions to play some football. So, uh, and if they're rolling with those young edges in particular, could be a good day for Kikia. And man, like, well, surely after last week, you've got to see something better from the Tigers, but who knows, but both on the doggies and with dollar thirty favorite. The Tigers, $3.50, minus 10.5 the line there. And the last game of the round, a cracker to finish off is the Raiders at home for the first time geo Stadium up against the Sharks Josh Papali still sidelined, not even named so that's been a bit longer than what they expected there with his injury to the calf, Trey Mooney is the new man on the bench in place of Artur Mariotto who broke his hand, he's looking at 6-8 to eight weeks out, and Nico Hines still not named, also with that calf injury, Jack Williams is back from a head knock in the 17 and Connor Tracy shifts to 18th man uh tough one. These two have played some good games in the last few years, but I, I think I'm going to take the Sharks down there to win.
0: I think the Raiders will be more desperate. Jesus, hard one though. The Sharks were good last week. Are the Canberra getting anyone back in, really? Not really, are nah, they?
1: Nah, just Mooney swapping for Mariota. broke his hand. so. True, Mooney. Still yeah. missing Papa Lee. Still got Chris at fullback. Oh, honestly, for me, I'd put Smith Shields at fullback. I've said that a few times now.
0: Yeah, I want, to, I want to tip Canberra down there. Oh, I just can't see him being 0-3. Yeah, it's
1: it's a tough ask, but there's a few teams now that have had yeah. harder draws to start with. Again, I think could probably reel off a run elsewhere, but yeah, it'd be pretty brutal to have the Queensland trip.
0: pretty close market? or
1: Well, this is the first one where... Oh, sorry, we're split on Titan Storm for different reasons, but the odds of this one with bluebet.com.au. The Raiders is $2.30, outsiders at home. Yeah, the Sharks are $1.62 favourite minus three and a half is the line
0: if it's a Cronulla I'm all over Cronulla I just think Canberra at home 0-2 two tough losses as well mm. dry track I think they played a ding dong a close game down in Canberra round one last year actually they did yeah always close games. played a couple of it'll be good yeah mm. it'll be a good game for footy I'll lean towards the home side
1: mm. well there you go so we're split on two and by the way, last week we had a Barry Crocker, like everyone. We both got two. Yeah, that's... Yeah. But it's been a tough one this year, starting off the first two rounds.
0: Yeah, first round, I think I went okay.
1: Oh, you did. I did. Mm. Um, but yeah, rough rough week this week. I think a lot of people would have had a rough week in terms of the, some of those games and how they tip, but there you go. Some uh, corker games again. I'm, I'm looking forward to that Manly Eagles game. Like South Roosters on Friday. Uh, the Broncos game you know Saturday's probably got some matchups that are a bit iffy with the injuries but Sunday to finish off of that game I think there's a couple of good marquee games on each day mm-hmm. so hopefully another cracking round of football head you got anything to finish up with mate?
0: no hopefully this week's a better week we had the little little girl in hospital last week so it's no good
1: oh, actually I will bit throw that bit of a virus we do this or well, we did this a lot at the back end of last year during COVID and people liked it TV, books, movies you got anything for anyone? Yeah. yeah, what do you got? Um, the Last of Us. Ah, oh, the the show based on the video game. Yeah,
0: HBO, very very good. So there um, you go. Um, the Mayor of Kingstown, very
1: good. What's that on? Standing. That it? is
0: on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus. Uh, the new, what's the other one? The Yellowstone one, 1923. That's very good. Mm. I'd recommend watching Yellowstone and then 1883 and then watch 1923. Uh, books. I'm listening to an audio book. The um, it's better to be feared at the moment, which is the New England Patriots. Uh, just goes through their dynasty, so having to listen about listen to Tom Brady and about Tom Brady's tough carry, but
1: <laughs> don't hate. Appreciate. Um, what else podcasts? Oh, I understand. It doesn't have to be all of them, but if you've got a few things. Um, I
0: with, listen to a couple of James Graham's podcasts, actually. The Byron. The Byron. Yeah, with um, Seabold. Some of his interviews are good. Yeah, Cerraldo, Fitzgibbon, just the coaches'
1: ones. That, that Yeah, I've been I, I mean, listening to his weekly ones. I see now he's got one with Brandon Smith. I haven't listened yet. Called uh, The Jam else, and Cheese.
0: What else did I... What else have I been... Yeah, that's about it. The F1s are back on, so I've got... I sort of like to watch that. Drives to Survive, I'd recommend that. The new season came out. Oh, about a fortnight ago.
1: Well, that was going to be my contribution. Anyone who's got Netflix, yeah. anything with sport, I obviously always want to get an insight. I watched the full swing, the golf one, the PGA Tour. Any good? I quite enjoyed it. Mm. Gives you a look at the golfers uh, and how that all works and the money's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. Breakpoint, I've watched two of those, the tennis ones. That's interesting as well. Yeah. Uh, Drive to well, Survive, like you said, you got me on to. I obviously got to binge it a little bit, but now I've caught up. Um, do any of those sporting ones? I was interested the one,
0: in. One I watched today. I watched the first episode of Show Me the Money, which is the AFL. Ah, uh, agents', agents one. one. I wanted yeah. to watch that. Yeah, it was good. First one was good. From someone, who I don't really it. know the players, uh, but it's just more about the. I've got the deals the and the conversations the with. No, these dudes. I was. I don't watch enough AFL anyway. Mm. It's interesting actually. Um, before our captains run for round one, the list manager and the recruitment manager for Carlton Football Club were at Manly. Um, just having a look around. Which was yeah, interesting to chat to them about. Um, like the national recruitment manager he was talking about, how he basically has to know every kid in mm-hmm. the country. Uh, the list manager just deals with the list, the that's here it. and the now. The recruitment manager or well, the national recruitment manager is dealing with every single player that's not in the AFL and just ensuring that, you know, they've got the best information and they're yeah, doing all the, the scouting right for the, the draft. So really, really interesting. And I obviously well, I support Carlton. I don't, I don't watch it religiously, but that's who I follow in the AFL. Um, and yeah, they sort of said to me, "If you're ever down in Melbourne, you want to come and have a look. Come and have a look." i so I'll, I'll take them up on that. And, mm. um, it was yeah, interesting chart. just about we are talking about development, how different development is between AFL yeah, and NRL because separate develop. Well, yeah, but I was sort of saying to him, like even so, even your reserve graders, so. They, they were watching our session, our video session for New South Wales Cup, sort of saying, so how would that work if that was the Carlton?
1: VFL. Or yeah,
0: or like whoever the Carlton players go to, they'd be like, no, we don't have any control over any of it. Mm. Players go there and it's run completely independent from us because yeah, they have so they just they deal with money at that level. solely just the AFL team, which is completely different to us. We deal
1: with well, five grades. AFL guys go back and get paid just as good just to play that, and don't I, work. Bet so I bet they do. I bet they do. But money. what I'm
0: saying is it's just completely different and it allows for a draft because you're not putting any money into anyone. The development is yeah a different it's arm a to the, the AFL
1: states. yeah so.
0: Which is similar to your NFL the, with the SM, college and,
1: yeah, the farm system basically. They've yeah. got a farm system as well. They've got the W A F L like over there. Um, yeah, yeah, but they're not know,
0: affiliated to a
1: club. like they got yeah, but they've got players mm. coming out of all that farm system like we said, which is the harder point where everyone goes, let's do a draft. I'm like harder part here is we're we're affiliated from day one. If you're a Penrith kid who gets picked in the twelves, goes more the whole more way point, the system like If you develop. really
0: want to separate it, that you're probably gonna to have
1: to Yeah, but you'd have to rely on you know that they've got it coming from multiple states as well as Victoria. Um, and sometimes they still do force their way home after a few years. You see a lot of the time, a guy that's got drafted by GWS, GWS or the Gold Coast, you know, near the back end, makes a bit of noise or wants to go home to family or gets involved in a trade. Not everybody. Um, some stick it out for a little bit, but you saw Jeremy Cameron do it after a long stint up here, plays in the grand final, eventually gets back to Geelong. Um, but yeah, I guess not. you might have, unless it's a, the father-son rule, which they have in their draft, Mm. where I think that that's a way to get you to go to a club, you basically don't have that connection. They might be a fan and they might have grown up somewhere. Mm. But for the most part, it's like the NFL's like set up like you're talking about. Mm. You just want to be the highest possible pick. Most security, most money. You might go to a worse situation to start with, but yeah. it's all about draft stock. So
0: Yeah, yeah it's interesting having a chat to them. Had a good half hour. Power hour. It's good.
1: Nice. Well, there you go. There's a bit of a sporting fix and a couple of... TV shows to to have a look at, and uh, fingers crossed, we're in for another crack around a football box head. Mandalorian as well for Star Wars fans.
0: I've only seen one or two of those actually. That's uh, just started again. Yeah, wife and I don't
1: mind that. Oh well, good beans, good beans indeed. Yeah, man. Hopefully, uh, you get a win on the weekend. You guys got power, power night. night.
0: Yeah, they've moved it from Saturday because it's expected to be a heatwave on. Saturday over. what's I know, Friday
1: like, I thought Friday was supposed to be bloody hot. I don't know
0: 7.30 at night they're thinking it'll be a little bit different a little bit more bearable I suppose because but...
1: the next few days because um, I look for work and thought bloody hell Friday's no. still 34 yeah, Thursday's 37 by, th-
0: by th- um, 7.30 they're probably thinking it'll be hopefully 30 or below 30
1: you bloody so. the wind what...
0: the wind does blow in there at Blacktown so mm. yeah well, it'll be good off to NRL tomorrow. Do our captain's run with the NRL and at, down at Brookie, and then into it on Friday. Hopefully, NRL can get a win. Does they not?
1: Nice. Well, all the best. Hopefully, get out there and get to see that one. Didn't get to see you, your first week, but for everybody out there, hopefully, round three is an absolute belter. Thanks again to Bluebet.com.au. If you're going to bet there, make sure you do it with them. Take up that promo. Head-to-head bets lead by six or more at half time for rounds one to four. Money back only for head-to-head bets up to $100. Uh, And the charity account, one hundred and three dollars in the bank. Hopefully come up with another winner this week to add to that tally. Thank you to Penrith Solar Centre. Jake and the crew again, invest in your home, invest in yourself, get some money back in your back pocket. www.penrithsolar.com.au and Sinclair, Hyundai, Penrith, Toby and the team there. Let them get you moving. Some great deals. Go see Toby, tell him that, Rock and Lewis sent you from the fifth and last corner of York Road and Bat Street, SinclairHyundai.com.au. Boxhead, enjoy your weekend, buddy, and for everybody out there, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league.
0: Bring it on, give us more, give us more. Where are you going? What's going on here? Is that it? Is that it?